And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100%. And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. All right, what is up? Dave's buttons are broken once again. He's pushing things and nothing is happening. It's always that one button problem for him. That's it's what he tells buttons. her. My buttons are broken. <laughs> exactly. I don't know. The button's broken. I don't know what to do. Man, Dave, there's uh, just uh, we're, we're going to teach you a little couple couple songs to hum. Everything's going to be okay. He, 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 tra he trapped her, man. He told her his button was broken. He's got two kids now because the button wasn't broken. Because <laughs> <laughs> the button wasn't broken, man. Oh, uh, my man. Hold on, hold on. We're going to change the name. It is no longer the punk. <laughs> It's the stem cell oh, kit. It's the bionic What's man. What's up, it's baby? The bionic, the bionic man. man. Oh, there yeah. you go. I mean, uh, you know, there's a lot. There's a, so much information. I mean, I could give you guys. Um, but just to be honest, like uh, I did the stem cells on Thursday. Friday was a little uh, Thursday night to Friday morning was a little rough. And it was not like a, it wasn't like a. Why was it rough? Because everything was stiff. You know, like stiff. <laughs> oh, that's the first time in a lot many years, so that's good. Yeah. So no, it was um, there was a couple, there was a couple little things. So first off, the morning that I got my stem cells, I did my knee, my hip, my wrist, and my neck uh, to start off, and uh, I was gonna do my shoulder and my other hip, but they talked me out of it. They're like, "Look, this is a lot. Want to make sure that you're able to kind of function the next day." And I'm kind of glad that I did. I could have probably done my shoulder, but then sleeping would have been a little different, difficult because I could sleep on my left side, and it would have been it was it was comfortable throughout the night. But the hip is something where you have to use every for everything, whether it's to oh, walk, everything. whether it's to get in and out of bed, to sit down on the toilet, to sit in the chair, to whatever it is. Yeah, it it just so the hip was the one that kind of was so tight that through the night it kind of bothered me a little bit, and um, the knee. Everyone kept telling me the knee was going to be the worst. It actually wasn't. The knee wasn't the worst. The knee and now is kind of the worst because the hip now, the mobility is there and the movement is there. That first two days, the hip was the one that was giving me the problem, not problems. It was the tightest. But once the tightness went away after that, but this is, this is funny. John, Thursday night to Friday night, I wake up around 3 a.m. I have to go to the bathroom. So I get out of bed and it's that's that right there is age it's, just it's so you painful know. it's it was painful to get out of bed so i get out of bed I'm like, oh, and i'm walking but i had left the window open in my hospital room and so it's freezing in my room and i underneath my blankets i had like four blankets i was snuggled up i had four pillows i was like i was in heaven i get out of bed to go to the bathroom all i got to do is just take a piss but as i'm there you know in hospitals they got the hardwood not hardwood floors they've got the uh, tile floors and so I'm walking, it's freezing, Linoleum. and I'm in my tarantarans, and I've got the gown thing on. <laughs> I got my tarantarans, and I'm there trying to take a piss. It's so fucking cold that, like, I'm shivering. But the shivering is causing so much pain and tightness in my <laughs> hip and my knee that I can't piss. It took me 10 minutes to fucking take a piss. It was <sighs> so painful. And finally, I just took a couple of deep breaths. I was like... Okay, get your mind off of this. Get your mind. Finally, <laughs> finally, I was able to get you it out. To, you had to get yourself psyched I up was, to take a leak, man. I, you know what? It was like it was like getting into a cold plunge. When you get in, you're like, oh, okay, re relax the mind. Okay, take a couple deep breaths. Da, 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 da. Anyways, I, so that got done. I just got the chills from even thinking. Yeah, about and that. I got back into bed, cozy back up, went right back to sleep, slept like a 
a check. Now, I didn't know that you were you stayed in a hospital just for the, because of my neck. So they want to make sure they can observe you overnight because they do put you under for your neck and your spine. So oh, I, yeah. I I didn't know that going there. I thought I thought I when I had talked to Scotty, I talked to some of the I, there was I thought I had brought up like, hey, I don't want to be put under, you know, whatever. He's like, oh no, you're good. And so I think he meant like, oh no, we've done thousands and thousands of these. You'll be okay, is what he meant. No, you're good. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh yeah so what it was was just funny though john i gotta tell you this so they kind of started to put me not under before they did the shots but they gave me some medication before they did my my wrist and then my knee and then they did my hip last and all i remember is they started on my wrist and i could feel the needle jab into my wrists and then they went to my knee and i felt them moving my knee and i felt the needle kind of prick a little bit but it was there was no pain you know because they're just doing the one shot they're doing an ultrasound to see exactly where they want to go the needle goes right to the spot they inject the stem cells and it's it's perfect they went to my hip and he's like okay hey pull your underwear down to a certain point you know and and he could tell that uh the drugs were starting to kick in and i because my thumbs weren't working and so they kind of have assisted to help get it down to where they needed they did the hip i didn't feel anything to do with the hip then the guy asked me to roll over so he could do my spine he's like hey roll over on the bed so I was going to turn over. So they lift the gown, like kind of thing, the blanket or the sheet so I could turn over. It was like, John, it was so funny. It was like this, you know, when like you're trying to do something, but you can't lift your head. And it was my face across the bed. <laughs> it was just like I was trying to turn and I couldn't get my body up off the bed. So I just rolled and the guy and the guy goes and the doctor goes, and the nurse goes, He's like, uh, he's like, I'll help you. I'll help you, Josh. I got you, buddy. I got you. But my face was dragging across the bed like this. <laughs> and it was just so, it was, I could just, I could just yeah. tell, I turn over and they're like, and I could hear them talking. Okay. Hey, we're going to start the neck procedure. And then all I remember is just waking up. The whole thing was completely painless. Uh, great time. Even when I woke up, but I wanted the point in your face. Go ahead. Doesn't your face? Don't you do that with your face in like a typical Sunday morning yeah, no, when you wake up? No, man. I'm I'm a, no, I'm a early no, he, riser. I'm... He does that. He does that usually after we drink. Yeah, yeah. This is very <laughs> true. This is, that's usually how I get into bed. Like just scrape my face across the bed. Um. Yeah. So it was it was good, man. Um. Woke up in the middle of the night. Had some. Uh. You know, the taking a piss was rough. In the morning, it was a little rough getting in and out of bed. But this is what I wanted to tell. I was expecting it to be like surgery where like the next day you wake up and everything's pulsing, like painfully pulsing. And it wasn't, it's more of like someone getting like leg kicked. You've been leg kicked and you got like a, like a dead leg. When you remember when yeah. we did dead leg back when you're in high school or whatever, someone come up and knee you in the thigh. Yep. But that's what it feels like, like right above my knee, kind of in the, in the uh, quad area. It felt like that for my knee injection. And then my hip, it just felt tight. And then today my hip is great. I can lift it all the way up for once with no pinching or like pingement. So that, yeah. and then my wrist is going to take a while. He said, because it's a smaller area, surface area of like ligaments and tendons, but it actually already feels a little bit stronger, but this is the, and I know you've had this before in the past and a ton of people with their necks have this issue for 15 years. I haven't been able to look up to the sky <laughs> and yeah. <laughs> and so, Hello. yeah. So, in 15 years, I have never been, I've only been able to look up about like this far. So literally after I waited, but I'm going to just de demonstrate. They told me not to do this too many times because they said you have to give it a full, you know, 30, 60, 90 days before you start doing too much of it. But I can literally do this. 
Holy and shit. And there's no pain. There's no pain. There's no, there's no like restriction, nothing. Now and and here here's the difference between what you just did and what that's you. That's me right yes. there. <laughs> <laughs> that's as far as you can go. And that's why I said you understand this. For 15 oh, years, I have not been, maybe about 12, well, sorry, about 12 years. See, that's, that's why I wouldn't, you know, if uh, to get a can of Coke or a monster mm -hmm. or that's why I like uh, to drink a beer out of a bottle. See, because it gets to this, I mean, I'll have like that much in there and I got to do the limbo yeah. to try to get back there to drink it where I see it with a beer bottle, I can tilt the bottle up and it, it I'm, You know what? I've figured it out. I'm just going to get you a straw, a little sissy stick for you. No, no, no. I'm not drinking out of a straw. But that is, and I can look obviously left to right. He's, they've told me like Scotty Nelson told me and, uh, and Ed of the guys all from there. They've all told me like, look, you're going to, your neck is going to be the first thing that feels great. Do not overdo it. Do not overdo it. Yeah. Give it the 30 days, 60, 90 days. They recommend a full 90. Do the rehab. Be strong with the rehab, you know, that type of stuff. So I've already got some uh, rehab scheduled. This is something that's just, I don't know. I was a little hesitant at first in terms of like, hey, how much will it really help? Da, 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 da. Um, Dude, you know what? Yeah, I'm going off of you. Yes. Because, see, if it works, then I'll do it. Mm -hmm. But I still don't think it won't work on my neck. You know, my neck is what it is. This is... It's, can't do anything but there's there's a lot of people that went they went for their lower lumbar and their back so they were doing like their l5 l6 l you know like they're they're when they're lower levels uh a yeah. lot of them did their neck also people were going there for a return i didn't know this but the stem cells that they inject right into your vertebrae into that area there it actually is like more of a jelly type that they've they've created and it actually gives you a little bit bigger of a gap that's why i'm able to go ahead and do my lean back is because it's it's made my um what is it called? Well, are they are they actually putting it into the disc? Yeah, they're putting it right into the disc. And so when they put it okay. into the disc, it's making your disc a little bit bigger. Back to like when you were young and like fifty, Getting taller. Like 50 years ago. So make, going back to six foot four. Yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> and that is funny <laughs> yeah, that you say that because that, that, that was the that was some of the questions. Like, hey, will this actually make me taller? Because it's making my disc. They said, yeah, you might notice a half an inch, maybe a full inch difference in your height. Because we're actually making your vertebrae. Shit, they should shoot that stuff someplace else. For. <laughs> which, which by the way, which, which by the way, they can. Oh no! Yes, uh, this they can. No, no one, no one's ever shooting any kind of needles into into, into my crank. That's what, it's so funny. I got a story for you. This on this. She goes, look, we started doing this, and um, she goes, the week, you know, like obviously on Monday. We, we tell everyone, hey, we do this, we do this, because they now use stem cells for, instead of doing Botox, they use stem cells for um, cosmetic, for your face. So, and you don't have to have it redone every two months, three months, like you do for uh, Botox. So they're using stem cells for that and also too for hairline. I said, you know, Dave's going to need it in a couple of years. He's going to have to get on this, uh, you know? And so I was like, okay, cool. So they do, they do hairlines. What they do with the hairline is it's not like where you're, they're recreating the follicles. What they're doing is they're taking the hairlines, the hair that you have, and they're making them thicker. So it's not like they're actually giving you implants or doing anything like that. They're just using the stem cells to help create like thicker hair. That's it. Um, so there's that. They do the facial stuff. They do a lot of cosmetic stuff. But um, I was really surprised on all the stuff that stem cells are able to do. 
And um, like I said, if people are interested and people want to know more details, uh, I can get you guys connected with uh, one of the co-founders who I'm very close with, been friends with him for 20 plus years. So give, hit me up in my DMs and uh, we're going to have him on the show for sure. His name is Scotty Nelson. You guys can uh, uh, give him a follow too on Instagram, but they're CPI uh, stem cells. They're out of Tijuana. It's a lot easier than going to Columbia, a lot easier than going to um, Panama City. And you land in San Diego, they drive you across within 40 minutes. I was in the chair getting my NADs, getting my ozone, getting my um, getting my Myers cocktail, getting ready. The first two to three days is just a process of build up to you getting your injections on Thursdays and Fridays. That's really what it comes down to. I came back Saturday, they drove me across, had a nice dinner last night in San Diego because I couldn't get a flight out. They would have gotten me home in time. And then got home this morning and here I am. But uh, there's so many things like this. this I just hope thing, it works for you. I hope so too. I hope so too. Oh, dude, just the the movement of your head because look, that's crazy. Yours wasn't as bad as mine, but it's, it's still you. You didn't yeah. put your head back very far. No, it, I could. I could good. literally like do this. Like, I would throw. Stop. I would throw the kids. I would throw the kids, and I had yeah. to like take a step back. <laughs> oh to yeah, come back in and try and catch. Look. Yes, catch. Yeah. But then for me, what it was do it with my grandson. <laughs> And, and the thing with me was was the wrist. So and then my wrist was messed up. So then it would almost dislocate every single time that I would train grappling. You know how you defend an armbar, right? You put your hand in here and put the other hand inside uh, to the back of the leg. And I've had my wrist almost dislocate when I was training with uh, Ricardo Almeida. Uh, my left wrist had the same exact injury and it did fully dislocate. I had to have full surgery on it because of that. And then my right one now is having the same problem. And they said it's directly connected to the Benson fight because that ligament that from my thumb that tore all the way up into my wrist is the same ligament that I'm having problems with. So they're like, yeah, hey, this should help. So now you're going to blame me for that? I should have stopped. The nah, no, no, no. <laughs> nah. You should. You know He's just going to send you the bill what? for the stem cell. Yeah, I'm going to send you the <laughs> <laughs> but hey if you if anyone is interested and i'm not and like i'm going to give you guys full true reports if i don't see benefits and that was part of my agreement with scotty um was that i would go back for a follow-up you know within a six-month period and then do a year-long one as well um he's him and i working together in terms of i said hey i'm not gonna lie about anything if my wrist is not feeling better it's not feeling better don't expect me to say that it is I go, no, but if my it. knee is feeling better, I'll say it. I can already tell you now my hip, I can lift my hip to put my shoes and socks on without any impingement right now. And that is soon that I know that soon, but these are yeah. all the benefits. So if you guys have problems, lasting issues, whatever, I mean, you know, hit them up the elbows, the shoulders, the knees apparently are the three worst feeling ones because there's just not as much there's to deal with in there. So when they inject in there, you're having to deal with stiffness and a lot of stiffness, but I was expecting it to be like a pulsing, throbbing pain, like all night, like a surgery for like a week. I mean, John, I literally was walking around all day today, try not to overdo it, but I was got on the flight, walked from gate to gate, walked, you know, baggage claim, walked, you know, did all this stuff and it's not a big deal. So fingers did you crossed. Notice how everyone, did you notice how everyone was kind of getting out of your way? They knew. They said it's the stem cell. Nah, it's the bionic. <laughs> the bionic, man. Okay, yeah. so the real questions. Uh, do you feel like the, this could be enough to give you a, uh, maybe a one or two fight running beat? Look at Dave one, trying well, to push can, the, can, push it, the can doing it fuck we're, the whole thing we're up? Gonna, we're going to find out, man. We're going to find out. I mean, I did. I also, on top of all the stem cells I did into, so I did, I want to say 30 million in my knee. I did 30 million, 50 million in my hip. 
I did 10 million in, uh, in my wrist and I did 50 million in my neck, but then I also did 110 million, uh, in an IV. You're talking pesos or USD? Mm -hmm. No, 10 million stem cells. Jeez, stem cells. I wouldn't expect you to understand if you're Scotland. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, then we did another 110 million IV. So that was the next day after we did 110 million IV. And then we did, um, and then we did uh, some ozone as well to help with the stem cells to reattach or to, to attach to the areas. Uh, but yeah, so look, we'll have Scotty on here pretty soon and he'll break it all down also too with his, with one of his business partners, Ed. Um, you know, and then we'll get we'll we'll get more details on. It. If you guys have questions, we'll put out a Q and A. You guys can ask away. Uh, maybe it's something that we may, maybe we'll try and do that one live or something, so people can get direct answers, direct uh, questions and answers. So that might be fun. Very good. But uh, all right, and look, en enough about it. I did meet somebody enough there. I did meet somebody there though. Uh, who's this young kid? He's, he's a boxer. He's one of the YouTube boxers. His name's Dean the Great. But uh, kid's got power, man. If you can pull him up real quick there, Dave. Dean the Great. You see that picture I took with him right there? He's the one with the dreads. How do you know he's got power? I've seen his, his fights, man. Uh, yeah, but who's he fighting? Uh, other YouTubers. <laughs> but okay. click on him. <laughs> John, you tell me when you <laughs> see him fight. Okay. When you see when you see his power. He's got some power. He's got some pop, man. Speed athletic speed athletic. But um one of his first sparring sessions. He's right now he's kind of him and Ryan Garcia. Uh, yeah, Ryan Garcia uh, are, are going back and forth. Oh, I know. Good. He's a dummy. Uh, he is. He's he, going to get killed. Look, I didn't say he wasn't. I didn't say that it was, <laughs> was going to win the fight. But he was down there also getting stem cells for his hands because he had some problems with his hands after one of these knockouts. But he's got some pretty big pop, man. But he actually posted a video to be humble. <laughs> he kind of throws everything <laughs> into it. Jesus Christ. He does. This, he dislocated his shoulder. That's why he's only throwing his right hand right now. So his left shoulder is okay. dislocated. So he's actually a southpaw. Or sorry, he's actually conventional, but he had to switch because he didn't have, he didn't, he broke his, uh, he dislocated his left shoulder. But yeah, no, he, good kid, super humble, very nice. And I was like, I was kind of surprised because he's a YouTuber. I was expecting him to be a different, uh, you know, type person. But uh, very nice, very nice kid. Looking forward to seeing him uh, fight moving on. So good for him. We'll have to root for him. Yeah, yeah. I'll have to root for him a little bit. Where Very nice. Going? He He's one of the guys that when he took the NAD. No, no, no good for him. <laughs> <laughs> what I've noticed with the NAD is when you get that feeling, because you asked me about it too, that yeah. feeling, it gets a little bit of a rush through your body. You got to stand oh, up. It's a big rush for people. Yeah. You got to stand up and walk around. He got up. What happened was he took the NAD and he fell asleep. So when he did wake up, he was not feeling. He yeah, out. he wasn't feeling good. He was like, <laughs> he was all over the. He looked like he was a drunken boxer. He looked, yeah, yeah he looked like Jackie Chan in that movie. What was it? Drunken, <laughs> that drunken, <laughs> drunken uh, warrior, drunken something. Yeah. Drunk, drunken ninja, drunken, something like that. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, hey, we got we got a lot to talk about, but you know what? We're gonna instead of jumping right to the fights. There's some stuff we talked about last week. Yeah, we did. And we talked about. Um, we have we had people actually comment. Well, it's come back at us. Look, especially legends like this, man. She is going to be. I consider her to be one of the best boxers to ever step. Female boxers to step foot in the into the ring is Amanda no Serrano. Um, we had talked about the WBC not allowing women to have twelve round fights and three minutes, and three minutes three minute long rounds. And just so we're clear, the WBC also sent uh, the Wayne In podcast a DM. But we first want to read 
what the dub, what what we talked. I first want to talk about what we said last week. John, why don't you go ahead and say what you said? Because I said something a little bit differently than what you said. Yeah. We kind of agreed a little bit, but it was like I had a different idea on how to attack this thing. Yeah. I, I mean the the whole thing is you can take a look at take a look at women's MMA and the fact that there is not one single thing that is different in women's MMA from men's MMA. And that is exactly the way it should be for boxing. To sit there and say that a woman, you know, needs to do a two-minute round. And again, I'm not saying that a two-minute round is a terrible thing as far as bare knuckle boxing. Look at I yeah. one of the ones I'm one of the ones that told him, hey, do a two-minute round. And there's reasons for it. But when you're talking about the same sport, because bare knuckle boxing is its own sport. When you're talking about, hey, we have different, we have you know, different regulations for women and men probably is you're probably making a mistake mm -hmm. and, and they're going to sit there and say their things and we'll talk about what they said but it should be that amanda serrano being the person that she is being the you know the fighter that she is putting in the same amount of time as every man that is a phenomenal fighter puts in she deserves to have her rule set the same as their rule set that's it i can completely agree with you on that <clears throat> But like I said about what I said last week was no different than how I feel about females basketball, the WNBA. If you want to make it more entertaining, which is what this is, is the entertainment business, whether it's boxing, whether it's basketball, whether it's football, whatever it is, you need to make it entertainment. Entertaining. That's what this is. So instead of running Amanda Serrano, and I'm talking directly to you, you should come to them with some sort of solution. And I'm not trying to tell you how to do it. I'm just trying to give you some suggestions. In the, in the WNBA, I suggested we lower the hoop a little bit so we can see females dunk on each other. I want to see, see another female get posterized. That's what makes Jordan's legendary dunks over people so like The history lives on in, in kids' rooms up on the wall. Okay, And then what would be more iconic than if you're a young female having your favorite basketball, female basketball player, Okay, being able to posterizing another female that maybe you don't like. And now that's a picture you hang on your wall. Right now, you don't have that ability because the, the rim is too high. There's a handful, and I say handful in terms of maybe three, that can dunk. Say that's not a handful. Yeah. It, it, that, that, that's someone losing digits. I'm being nice, though, John. Okay, this yeah. is, But this is what I'm trying to say. This is the entertainment business. We are trying to make sure that the crowds – Stay. Yeah, if you what you're saying is if you took the 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 basket mm -hmm. and lowered it one foot yep. from ten foot to nine foot, yep. that would now take what is basically two people in the WNBA able to dunk, and now we would have forty you percent, know, fifty-two people, yeah, 50, 52 maybe we have forty percent, one hundred two people, yeah, and forty percent of them now maybe potentially can dunk, and now yeah. though that it's also obtainable that you may end up having those athletes work harder to get to that. That's the other thing yeah. is that females, no different than male, they will adjust to it. They will make sure. it work. When you talked about females MMA, that, oh, there was arguments that they should only fight a certain amount of time and not do five rounds. And But look, they will make those adjustments. And over the years, they have. And as those fights over the years have gotten way better. And I can give you an example. Wei Li and Joanna. Hello. Yeah. They have that it was it was just as good of a fight in the first round as it was in the fifth. 
because they've made those adjustments. They've adapted, they've adapted their training to work around that. There's no difference in w, WNBA is they will start then learning to focus well, more on the dunking. I'm glad I'm glad you bring that up because what we need to do is now Amanda sent a very nice text out saying, you know, something about me and that's great. And that look, literally, you know, the expression of talking about the female and time in sports and all that stuff. Great. But then as you said, the WBC sent us something mm -hmm. and it was what they sent us. I look at and I go, you're blowing it. You're just blowing it because what you, you you're trying to act like Oh, we're doing this for reasons. You cannot separate the male and the female athlete when it comes to, well, we're going to do this to benefit one over the other. You can't do that because all it does is make you look like, and I don't care which way it goes, you're looking as a separatist. You can't do it. What, what, the, what they said is, we agree with you. They can fight three by 12s, okay, meaning that, a woman can fight a three-minute round and 12 rounds. The problem is that they have a significantly higher risk of suffering a concussion or severe injury, a longer recovery time, and our work is to prevent this type of situations. That's the first thing they said. Let's talk about that because what they're saying is if you fight a longer fight, you do have a higher – there's a higher risk for you to suffer a concussion because a concussion – can come at any time during any fight, be it boxing or MMA, okay? The fight that you brought up, Wei Li versus Joanna. <clears throat> Would it have been better for both of those athletes if they had not fought the last two rounds? Yes. You've got to say yes. Like physically? Is that what you're physically. saying? Yes. Yes. Would okay, it, would it be on. better for any athlete to not take more damage for two hold more on. rounds? So, <laughs> so hold on. We were talking just the other day about Adesanya versus Gastelum. Mm -hmm. Would it not have been better for them not to fight the last two rounds of that because they both took incredible damage in that? Wouldn't it have been better for Robbie Lawler and Rory McDonald to not have fought into the fifth round and to have that fight stopped in the third round? Wouldn't it have been better for both mm -hmm. fighters? Absolutely. It would. The less you fight, the better off you are. Okay, that's that's male or female. To sit there and to say, we're doing this so they don't suffer a concussion, you cannot tell me that a woman suffers a concussion more severe than a man. Men, for the most part, hit harder than the women. The women tend to have fights that go longer based upon the fact that they don't have usually that one punch knockout power that you'll get from a lot of men. So the concussion part is, hey, a concussion can happen at any time in a fight. That's part of the sport. And I agree with them. A concussion's a bad thing. I don't like them. I talk about them all the time. When it comes to people talking about someone's leg breaking, I said, look, we have things happen all the time that are worse than a leg break. A concussion that's your brain. That's your personality. That's everything. That's something that needs to be worried about. And so I understand when you sit there and say it, oh, but, you know, there's a higher risk. Sure there is. But if you're not doing that for the men, then why are you doing that for the women? You're separating things. Can I ask you? you can't do that. Can I ask you this? Go ahead. The, yeah. 
who came first, the chicken or the the egg kind of chicken bullshit, right? But this is the thing, and I felt this way about uh, professional football. Back in the day, they had padded practices, Oklahoma drill, all of those things, oh, yeah. and they had suffered concussions throughout practices. They suffered concussions Did throughout the time. games. Okay? Sure. But I want to ask you, which one is worse? To get your body used to taking that damage and still taking it every single day, or what we're seeing now is people getting knocked out so bad in games that they're posturing. And you, you've you talked mm -hmm. about posturing. Their hands go stiff. Their body goes stiff. It's because their body's not Why? used to taking that type Boom. of damage. So yeah, what? Yeah. It's like, how many times have you heard about soft skin? We talk about soft skin if we're we rolling. We talk about so, Dave oh, all the time, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we talk, there's a thing called soft skin, and it's real. For you, when you when we have people starting to roll, we we tell them all the time, look, you know, they're going to get marks from the gi and everything like that. And you say, hey, you got to kind of build up. You'll build up your body will automatically build up almost a callus to it. It makes your skin gets tougher. Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing with being learning how to accept impacts and hits. Your body learns how to accept those things. And the 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 more you do it, I'm not saying it's better for you, mm -hmm. but the better off you are at absorbing it. And the less you do it, usually you're not too good at absorbing it when it happens because you're not used to it. Well, let's be honest. We all chose this sport because we chose violence. We, well, we, we knew what we were getting ourselves into. And I'm not saying well, that I don't want people to look out for us in our best interest. I'm not saying that at all yeah. because fighters will never do that for themselves. They'll take the... They'll take the the road that they shouldn't be taking because they have dreams that they believe that they can they conquer. In this scenario and situation, is I've said multiple times that I think no different than the NBA, the women's NBA, and with I think box with female boxing, I can agree with the man of Serrano, but I also think that if you want to do it for three minutes and twelve rounds, I think what you've got to do is you got to lower the glove size. Watching them hit each other with pillows on their hands because they are a lot smaller than the males, then if, look, if you look at Clarissa Shields, okay, then she can, she can still wear a 10 or a 12, whatever it is, you know, she's an a, eight she's or a, a 10. bigger woman. She's though. a bigger female. She's a bigger. And woman. so what I would say is look for someone like Amanda Serrano, let's have her, let's have her fight in six or eight ounce gloves. That's what we should be at at six ounce glove. I, I'm not even sure exactly like, yeah, but what you can do is, no, it, but let's make normally it, it's eight, eight and 10 ounce. Exactly. The but let's ways. make it more entertaining for the fans at home, the spectators at home. Plus, that gives you, the, the WBC, a reason to say, hey, look, once this person is taking real shots and they go down, they're done. Versus now I'm taking accumulative damage for 12 rounds with pillows on my hands, but now I'm getting, I'm just get, basically getting concussed over and over and over again. Which one is better? That's it. Th that, that's, that's the argument. The argument is no different than football. Now we've taken away padded practices. You get one a week. And now you see them get in a game. They get knocked out, and they get knocked out viciously by hits that their body just wasn't, they're just not able to, to handle. So what you've done now is all the weeks that they practice in the 16 weeks, 18 weeks, whatever it is that they're playing, they're only touching each other like in terms of contact once a week. Do you think when they get into a game, those guys are holding back? Absolutely not. It is a semi truck running in to a Subaru. That's what it is every single time. And what do you think is going to happen? Of course, you're going to have more knockouts. So I guess at the end of the day, you have to ask, 
Which one is worse? The accumulative damage daily or the hardcore knockout where you're actually supposed to take 45 to 90 days off? The NFL, they've put a Band-Aid on this. That's what they've done. They've said, hey, okay, this guy now has been knocked out, concussed. Okay, he's going to miss 10 days. Whoopee. Any doctor yeah. you talk to will tell you it's a 10 days. Ain't 10 enough. days is not enough. Not it's Exactly. And I've, I've heard all the way up to 60 to 90 days of keeping, oh, keeping your brain without working. Like, don't read. Just oh, lay yeah. around. Be, no math problems. No, nothing. no calculations. Yeah. No word problems. No math problems. Don't read. Lay there and just almost like as if you're in a float Veg. tank and be a vegetable. Yeah. That will help your brain eat high in fats, whether it's avocados, things like that, to help re, to help your brain recover. That's what I've heard. Obviously, the NFL doesn't do that. So how much do they really care? And well, so this isn't the NFL we're talking this about. This is not, WBC, but, but I'm saying let, let me let me let me go farther in what they said, though. Whenever there are fatalities, everyone asks themselves, could we have done something different to prevent it? This is one of those decisions. Okay, this is when you're talking about fatalities. Are there fatalities in boxing? Absolutely. And it is something to worry about. But fatalities in boxing normally come from repetitive hits and someone taking those hits while either a corner, a referee could have possibly stopped it and they let the fight go on longer. I'm not saying they're wrong. That's absolutely true. And I, I understand by saying this is one of those decisions. And they're right. It's one of those decisions in what made boxing go from 15 rounds to 12 rounds. You know, it was Boom Boom Mancini against Kim. That was the fight that, that really put it over, and that was when 12 rounds came in instead of 15. So, you, again, you did that for the men. Why, why is it different for the women? It's not. We know not everyone will agree with us, but we are basing our decision in science and medical research. No, you're not. If you don't trust us, please do a little research for yourself. I've done too much and I've done too much with doctors. It's only fair as we both want to understand each other's point of view. They can do what they want. But again, whenever you, if you are going to make this type of statement, which is a good statement, nothing wrong with it at all. I'm not saying the WBC is wrong because less time in the ring less time in the cage, any of those things is usually going to up your odds of less damage to the fighters. But if you are going to allow men to do something, you have no right in not allowing women to do the same thing. If you are going to protect women in this fashion, then you should be protecting the men. John, I look at, I, I'm, I'm going to agree with you hundred percent in that portion of it, I really believe that this is a way, maybe I'm wrong, but you cannot treat it for women to get into combat sports. They don't want to be treated differently. They want to no. be treated the same. So Absolutely. give them, them that right to be treated the same in this scenario. Give them the three minute rounds, 12 rounds, give it to them. But I think from a promotional standpoint, this all comes down to money. They need to make I it agree. more entertaining. And I think that's why, no matter all the stuff that they are telling me right now in this DM that they sent to us, and maybe they're maybe they're maybe they're being upfront about it. Maybe this is what they really believe. But I, oh, I'm I, I'm not doubting it's what I think there's what they maybe believe. there is some portion of that. 
But at the end of yeah. the day, we all understand that boxing, females boxing, is not at the entertainment level of which males boxing is. And the way to do that is to do something like I've suggested. Six and eight ounce gloves, and then maybe move on to 10 ounce gloves for females, 154 and above like they do for the males. That would be my biggest suggestion. No different than the WNBA and any other sports that are looking to compete and, and have the same equal rights as the male sports. I think that's where you got to go with this. And what I what my comments were to Amanda Serrano, she vacates the title. Amanda, you yeah. have. When you have that title, you need to use that title and negotiate. That's what I said. Like just yeah. you have the I ability agree. to make changes. And I know you are a vocal person. You, you'll never you'll never have more of an opportunity yes. to make those changes by being on the inside, not on the outside. When you're on the outside, you're not going to make any changes. When you're on the inside as the champion of that mm -hmm. sanctioning body, you will never have as much power as you have at that moment. You, she needs to utilize that power. She needs to utilize her voice. She is well-spoken. She understands what she's been through and what, she, what got her to that level. She believes that she can fight, and she knows she can fight. Three yeah. minutes, 12 minutes. She knows she can do this. I'm sorry. Let's make adjustments. Let's talk about what your real problem is, WBC. And let's sit down and have a conversation and work towards a solution. And I said this last on our last show. We have spent too much time, not just you and I, but everybody in this world, as of lately, of course, has spent too much time arguing over stupid shit. No one, nobody has a solution to anything. Give me solutions. Okay, Amanda, leaving is not a solution. You're running from no, the problem. I agree. Be that voice. Be that leader that we all know you are. Be it. That's what I want to see from her. Because I think she, yeah. she is that woman that can make changes for the sport for the better. And I'm hoping she yeah. utilizes that. I'm hoping. I agree with you. you know, I, and when you're saying, like, she, in this position, I understand why you're pissed off. I understand why you just say, screw it. But there, those are the times that you got to say, all right, now it's time for me to use my position and my placement within your sanctioning body to, to get change in motion. Absolutely. And I think she could do it. She could do it. Absolutely, she can. Absolutely, she can. All right, well, um, hopefully there's some changes coming there for her and uh, for females boxing. That's, that's and I, I'm going to put it out there. You know, look, I know people with the WBC and any of them, you know, and all the way to Mauricio Suleiman. If you got, if you want to come on and, and debate this, man, I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to you know, hear what you know you guys think. Come on the show. Let's talk about it. Absolutely. Always more than welcome. Or Amanda. Or Amanda. I think we might, you know what? I'm going to contact Amanda. Time to get Amanda on the show, and we'll talk right. about it through her, too. Sounds like a plan. I like that. All right. So let's go. We got the <laughs> UFC that was supposed to be in Shanghai. Mm -hmm. You've been to Shanghai. Yes, I have. I've been to Shanghai. And I know that everybody on that commentary team said, thank God I didn't have to travel to Shanghai. <laughs> uh, I didn't mind Shanghai. I didn't, Beijing, Shanghai. I didn't mind Shanghai either, but I don't like to travel there. Yeah. It's a pain in the ass. Guangzhou. I've been everywhere in, in China, in yeah. Asia, man. I've been I've been so many places. Jiangmen, Jinjin. Um, fuck, I can't even. There's so many places I've been. Man high. Man, I've been to all these places. It's crazy. I spent like six months there. Three months at one time and then another three months another time. It was fantastic. I had a great time. People were so nice. I had a great time. But it was the first time, John, I'd ever felt like a 
don't take this the wrong way. I felt like a zoo animal. <laughs> I was, I went to the mall there and I had little kids pulling on their mom as I was going up the escalator and pointing, oh, pointing at, at you. Cause they, oh, yeah. they had never seen, I don't know if they had ever seen a white person and you know, whatever you want to call me, <laughs> I'm, I'm half Mexican. So they ever seen someone Caucasian in person. I'm sure they'd seen me on TV, you know, but I don't think they had ever seen someone like me in person. Cause it was hilarious. All the kids pull on their mom wow. or their dad and just point at me as I'd walk by. It was, uh, I thought it was kind of cool. You know, I'd wave to them and, and they'd wave back. They're all pointing all and going, shy. what the hell is yeah. he doing here? I didn't know they made jawlines <laughs> like that. <laughs> Whoa, there it is. <laughs> uh, all right, well, let's go ahead and get into the UFC. What is this? UFC fight night. I'm sure it's like 90 Vegas something. 82? Uh, Vegas 83. 83. Sorry. I just got to remember whatever the last number is, it's that. And then I got to remember the number before that eight or nine or seven. <laughs> All right. Uh, go ahead, John. Talk about it. Let's go. Well, look at, we had the main event with Yadong song or song Yadong, either way you want to do it. I don't know. Cause I, I hear his name announced one way and then on his shorts, it's got song as his last name. Mm -hmm. So look at the guy, whatever you want to call him, you call him a fighter. Cause the son bitch is good. <laughs> good going against Chris Gutierrez. Uh, this was a, this was a you know a big a big shot for Chris and Chris is an outstanding fighter and going into this I thought the main problem there was going to be uh, between the two is I thought Chris was the slower fighter I thought Yudong Song is a guy that's got speed mm -hmm. he's got good wrestling if Chris has to be in the stand up with him he's going to have to try to counter someone who's much faster than him that's not easy to do all the time. Chris is good with his kicks and his knees, but in the end, when you watch this fight, you're watching, I don't want, and, and it's not that Chris is old, he's not, but he's that guy that he's never had quite the speed that Yadong Song's got. He doesn't have the power in his hands that Song has, and so he's out there and he's gonna have to take chances, and it was really, the you know the real question was does yadong song ever try to take the fight to the ground because if he puts chris on his back chris is gonna have a hard time submitting him uh he's, he's got a super good base and he's got great ground and pound and that's gonna take away the th one thing that i thought chris Gutierrez had as an advantage was his kicks mm -hmm. his kicks are good and then his kicks are uh more a, a much wider variety than what Yudong Song. Yudong Song will kick to the calf a little bit. He'll kick to the the thigh every now and then, but doesn't really kick a ton. But Chris Gutierrez does, and he's good with it. He just wasn't able to adjust to the speed. He tried at times, you know. And you're gonna have to take big chances. And I think as he was feeling the power of Song, and then as the, all of a sudden the takedown started going into about the third round, it just was. There just wasn't any kind of flow for Chris Gutierrez to get into to be able to handle what Song was able to do whenever he wanted. I feel like I owe Chris Gutierrez an apology. Um, and I was, David sent out a text uh, after he had got done editing the video last week. And he's like, man, he's like, Josh, he's said it in like in a general generalization, but it was, I know it was directed towards me. Is I kind of I, I would say I, I kind of shit on him, I, and I didn't mean to. Uh, I just wanted to clear yeah. I'll clear that up. And it was what it was was I said all the things that you just said, but I just knew that 
Chris was going to be outmatched in terms of the speed, Just a tough the power, yeah. the ability to get takedowns was not going to be there. Yadong Song's got really good takedown defense, how fast yeah. he is, his scrambling ability. And it's nothing against Chris Gutierrez. He's just getting a little bit older in age. He's never been a fast fighter. I did think that he could potentially catch Yudong Song maybe in like in a clinch where he could scramble, maybe get to the neck, something along those lines. But he just, the, the moments were never there. But I will say this. He fought a way better fight than I thought. I thought he was going to get clipped earlier, like in the third, second, third, as he started to slow down even more as the fight went yeah. on. I know that he... He didn't really get to he didn't get to have a whole lot of advantages in that fight, but he had moments where I'm like, okay, that's good. Okay, oh, that's good. Like he was doing stuff with the kicks. He was doing his footwork was nice. He was keeping the kicks up the middle. Look at the kick, the straight teeps yes. up the middle. They were money for him because it was a good jab. And yeah. it dude, a couple times it caught you don't saw the flush. Yeah. And you know, he did not expect it. It came straight up and he's kind of like, what? Okay. And that is what you use when somebody's faster and hits harder with you. You hit that push kick right up the middle. You use that that length of your foot versus the jab and putting yourself in jeopardy of getting clipped. If you guys go yeah. back and watch my first Gilbert fight, I used that push kick a lot because I knew Gilbert had a really good right hand. And so keeping him at bay with the, the kick was a lot better than me trying to jab my way in and potentially getting clipped and knocked out. This is what Chris did. He used his, he used his push kick quite a bit. His footwork was money. Uh, I thought he did a lot better job. He did the best he could with what he has to work with. And uh, like I said, I feel like I owe him an apology. I didn't mean to like try to shit on you, man. I just knew you were fighting an uphill battle. That was one thing. And I've, I had to be said. And uh, But overall, Yadong Song, I can't take anything away from him. Fought a great fight. Smart. But I will say this, though. If you are going to call out for someone like Peter Yan, which he did later in the press conference. Guys like Chris, you need to finish. And, and I'm not, it's, it's, it's in that, like, look, I know Chris is a, he's a veteran. He's tough as nails. He's going to be hard to finish. But if you're looking to get that big jump, you've got to have those, those fights that make you stand out. The UFC, I, the history has shown you can't fight somebody that is at your level or a little bit lower, you've got to get them out of there. If you want to make a push to that top five, that top three, they need finishes. They need to see explosiveness. They need to see domination. They need to see, like Dana said, stone cold killers in there. I need guys that they're going to get after it. They're not going to play it safe. They're not going to let you push kick me from far. You're going to work your way through that and try to finish that fight every moment. And I think he lacked that a little bit in this fight. And some of that is because of the way Chris fought and how he kept him guessing with the with the footwork and the kicking. Yeah. Great job by Chris. Not enough to get the win, but Yadong Song, if you're going to make that next step up, got to see a little bit more activity and more emphasis and more emphasis on getting the finish. Am I wrong or yeah, I, no? Okay, not at all. You're not wrong in in any fashion. I just look at this. I, I'm serious when I when I when I watch the fight. <sighs> Sometimes when, you know, we, we are, we're always going to look and say, look, this is the guy who's the odds on favorite for winning this fight. And that was definitely song. But, it, you know, it's, it's not always the best fighter that wins the fight. It's true. And it's you know, the person that's able to find that that little, you know, that little hole in the game, that little mistake that they make and, and, and take advantage of it. 
Chris just wasn't able to do that. But I was thinking, you know, as I watched this, I said, you know who I would really like to see? I'm not, I'm not too sure about the uh, Peter Yan call out. Yeah. But after watching the Devinson Figueredo fight, mm. I thought him against Yadong Song would actually be a good fight. That would be an That'd be a very matchup. fun fight. Yeah. That's a very fun fight. Both really fast, very explosive, exactly. good on the feet, good uh, takedown defense from one, good takedowns on the other. Mm -hmm. uh, that's a big welcoming party. Look, and they're ranked number seven, number eight right there, side by side with each other. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I do like the Peter Yawn uh, call out. But I just I need, I need to see more. You, you're calling out a former champion. I need to see. I know your fight right before calling that guy out. I need to see a finish. I need to see like, hey, I'm dominant. I can call out whoever I want in that top five now. I didn't get that from you. I know it was a dominant performance. Yeah. In you got the win by decision, but it wasn't like, oh wow, he's arrived. It was. It wasn't that type of performance that I know he can deliver. Oh so. yeah, there's no doubt about it. All right, what yeah. else? All right, then we had the, the co-main event was a fight that Anthony Smith took, you know, with only a couple of days as far as uh, maybe 10 days, 10 days notice, maybe two weeks, somewhere around two there. weeks, the most, you know, I thought it was actually maybe even a little bit left, but we'll say two weeks is when he took it mm -hmm. going up against Khalil Roundtree. And this was one of those fights. I thought the same thing. Look, I, I, I love Anthony Smith and I think he's a gamer and the way he fought this fight speaks volumes about anthony smith and, and that, that's the one thing that i want to get out uh khalil roundtree is, was absolutely the faster fighter i knew that going into this and, and i've said khalil's fast that's going to be a problem for anthony and anthony needs to get this to the ground and now khalil's pretty good with his wrestling defense and he's not easy to take down and he's very strong and the other part is he hits hard he hits like a truck and he's got good kicks He's got a super heavy left hand that he throws very well. And Anthony went out there and did exactly what I would have told him to try to do. Look, I need you to press him. I need you to put pressure on him. I want him on his back foot. I don't want him coming forward. I know that you're going to be walking through the storm, but I need you to walk through the storm to get to where you need to get to. And man, he tried. Yeah. He tried with everything he had. <laughs> he took some big shots. I want, I want to say, what was it in the... Don't die on me right now, Second please. round? No, no. <laughs> that second oh. round, he got hit with a shot that froze yeah, him. Yeah, I saw it. I mean, froze him. And I'm surprised that Roundtree didn't get after it. I was surprised, too, because you, know, you could look and say, oh, he is in deep trouble. And... He made it through that round, and I was like, God damn it, Anthony Smith, you are a dog. You are a tough son of a bitch. You know, you are just, I cannot say enough about what you went out and attempted to do. I know you're disappointed with the results, but no one could ask anything more of you. And sometimes that's everything. It's everything. You didn't get the win, I know. But God damn it, you went out there and you represented yourself in the best way possible because you went out there and fought your ass off and did exactly what puts you in danger, mm -hmm. but it was what you needed to do. John, like, look, a lot of fighters will tell, uh, coaches will tell their fighters, you've got to do this, and they go out there, and then they don't do it. Don't, yeah. Because they know that that's what's going to put them in jeopardy of potentially getting sure. finished. Absolutely. This guy listened to a T. You've got to walk oh, him yeah. down. You've got to make him feel uncomfortable. You've got to oh. make him fight off of his back foot. 
it's hard to make the guy with the most power fight off their back foot because they don't fear you. You're like, if I touch yeah. you, it's over. Like you fear them because like, man, if I put myself too close, shit, you gonna knock me out. Anthony Smith. And it's so funny that you brought this up because I was the whole time watching this going, holy shit, you're fighting yeah. a, a damn good fight. This is damn exactly what you have to do. Yes. It basically showed him no respect, came in, I took so the big impressed. shot. When you said he got frozen in that second round, even when he got frozen, he took a step forward. Oh, I know. I was like, yeah. Oh, you're in trouble and you're still walking forward. Like, what are you doing? Take a step back and yeah. like circle, yeah, do go. something. Yeah. Get out. And he didn't. <laughs> I think that's maybe thing. what threw Roundtree off. Like, oh, maybe he's not as hurt as I thought he was. And maybe I'll just, yeah. you know, and sit back. But um, no shame and at all whatsoever. And I look, I look at Anthony, he's been around for so long. Strike force stays. You know, he, uh, UFC, obviously, for a long time. Strike Force, Bellator, yeah. UFC, I mean, he, so many. He's been around for so long, and he's still doing it. But this was one yep. of those things where I think he, he saw the writing on the wall. Like, look, this is my chance to get back in that top, you know, that top mix. I, I don't have much time left. I know I can do it. I got to bring up something else, too. He was in great shape to take the shots that he took, and this fight oh, yeah. went into the third round. Like, he... He was, I've seen him get more tired in the first round against Glover. Like oh, yeah. he was relaxed out there. There's something to be said about when you take a fight on short notice, you almost don't like throw caution to the wind. Like I already know I can do this. I already know. Like, like if I win, cool, that's even better. If I lose the, you know, like, Hey, and no one's really expecting me to win because I took it on 10 days or two weeks notice. Right. And then yeah. that relaxation is what carries you through. When you have a full camp, sometimes you put more pressure on yourself and then that starts to eat at you in the back. Then you start to have adrenaline dumps and all these things that lead up. He didn't have that. He looked good. He fought a great game plan. It was just Roundtree's night, man. It was it was the yeah. way that the power was there. The ability to get the takedowns uh, wasn't there for Anthony Smith, but I sure the hell ain't taking nothing away from Anthony Smith, man. I got to give him nothing but props, credit. Man, I tip my hat to you. You straight up great fight man great job like you like john said i know it didn't go your way but man i got i got a lot of respect for you my man a lot of respect nothing but you got you got and you got to say khalil roundtree great first off the way the lead uppercut to the the left hand god damn beautifully done as far as and then classy as far as you know walk forward like hey i can put one on him mm -hmm. but i don't want to yeah he's hurt yep. and you know made the referee basically stop the fight instead of see more damage that did not need to occur. And so classy, uh, classy move by Khalil. He's a, he's just a great guy. So, uh, and very nice win. He's on a roll, man. Yeah. He's on a roll right now. Confidence wise. And we talk about it all the time, what confidence will do for you. You're looking at a guy in Khalil Roundtree. Look at the wins now, you know, five in a row. He's on a roll, man. And he's feeling good about himself. And he's, uh, He's putting on good performances. Where's he ranked at? I don't, you know, I think he was like, I think he was down at 15, wasn't he? I right thought he was here. at 15. Um, no, oh, no, he was 11. at 11. Or is that now? No? No, that, no, because no, Anthony, Anthony was Tuesday. eight. Yeah. Yeah. Anthony was eight. So Khalil's going to be moving up. He's going to go past Ryan Spann. He's going to go past. Uh, Today's Monday. So they should make. He might, he might be eight. Yeah. They should have made the adjustment. Today's Monday. Tuesday is when they do it. Today's Sunday. Sorry. Today's Sunday. Yeah. Sorry, man. My days are all messed up. <laughs> Today's Monday by the time this is out. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. 
yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, what else you got for us, Dave? Let's right, hop into this next fight here. Good fight. Yeah, we had Nazrat Hapsprost going up against Jamie Malarkey. And man, I'll tell you what. Now, I thought this was going to be a, a just a, a really mm. fun fight, bangers brawl. Yep. And Hapsprost, he caught him. Yeah. You know, caught him with a clean shot. It put Malarkey in trouble and down. And, and man, he, when he, <laughs> he decided to go after him, hello. Yeah. He was jackhammering that left hand on him and just he, he didn't let Jamie off with a hook at all. So, you know, very nice win by Nazrat. Yeah, I don't, I mean, there's not much to say, man. He had a great combination, yeah. followed up with a great finish. Uh, hit him just right, not up. even two minutes into the yeah, fight, right on the button. Nicely done. I mean, look, Jamie Malarkey's one of those guys that he'll take those shots. He'll weather Normally, the storm. Yeah. He'll, he'll go through the damage. And in the second round, he realized, you just blew your wad trying to finish me. I'm going to go ahead and start just kind of chipping away at you. By the end of the second, I'm going to be there in the third, and I'm going to start beating you in the third. He, ha he has that type of mentality of like, look, whatever happens in the first happens in the first, you know, and uh, hopefully I don't get finished. This scenario, he got finished, but it was, I was expecting him to weather that storm, uh, but just the shots. Nazareth had just too much power, too many, too many accurate shots. Didn't rush the system, landed the clean shots, ref stop, you know, stoppage, good stuff. Next yeah. fight. Ah, this was the one, the, uh, uh, Tim Elliott coming in last minute as a replacement. They put it up to that, like we said, put it up to Bantamweight weight at 135 because of the weight. Take it on, uh, Sumajiri. Man, I'll tell you what, Tim Elliott looked good. Yeah, and, and that's, I, I want to say this. Tim is now training at with Chris Brennan at Next Generation, and uh, I'm new. Yeah, Next Generation, and uh, yes, he's just next looking gen, good. Yeah. Next Gen, yeah, Next Gen. But I mean, you know, Tim had. You need to understand, Tim was with James Krause for a long time, and then he was at Extreme Couture with Robert Follis, and Robert Follis ends up uh, taking his life, and that that put a. a Tim into a tailspin for quite a while. He's not and the only just, one. Oh, I know. I want to yeah. make sure everyone understands like that, that uh, Robert Fallis taking his own life, that, that hurt a lot of people. Yeah. You know, a lot changed of, a lot, a lot of people's their trajectory and their career changed. Yep. Yeah. You know, and he took it rough and, and he had to find something. Well, he found it with Chris Brennan now and he's kind of back. He's back to being the mm -hmm. Tim Elliott that we knew and stuff. Just a tough, you know, in your face fighter, but he looked good. The arm triangle that he put on was beautifully done. It was tight. Just the whole fight because he was fighting someone, you know, that in the stand up is super long. He's got good power. And uh Elliot just fought his fight and hats off to him. Just just did a beautiful job. Yeah, I thought uh, Tim looked slick, man. Scrambling ability, all the things that he's known for. Seemed like he was just on track. He was on on par for it all. He just, when he's on, he's on. And when he's yeah. not, though, he just seems like he's in his yeah. own way in a fight. What I mean by yeah. that is that he gets he gets caught up in having too much fun in there. Yeah, sometimes takes crazy chances. Yeah. Does some things that you go, what are you he's doing? He's like a small version of a Kevin Holland. <laughs> you know like it's no it's, the, it's a good it's a good comparison it is, it is. like you know some good sometimes they just they're like look they love fighting so much like it doesn't matter what happens yeah. out there i'm enjoying my moment 
And I think I love that approach because when I was early in my career, I was very similar to that. And I, it, it kind of relieves the, te- the, the pressure of, of winning and losing. Like, look, man, this is a sport. At the end of the day, it's still a sport. Now we know we can get hurt. We know that, you know, there's severe injury, whatever it is, but it just seems like it relieves that pressure of like, look, I'm out here just having fun. I'm making money to punch somebody else in the face in in front of thousands and thousands of people and people that are watching at home. And there's, I don't have a care in the world. Like this is what I'm doing. What I love. I go to the gym every day. How many people can say they go to the gym every day, work out, take care of their bodies, do all these things and get paid to do it. It's very, very few. You know, and, um, and, and Tim looks like he's out there just living his best life. And, uh, it, that, that says a lot about him as a fighter it says a lot about him as a person. And so good for him. Good win. And, uh, you know, Hey, move, let's move on to the next one, buddy. Yeah. Andre Muniz taking on Jun Young Park. Ah, uh, this is one Muniz actually looked good as far as getting the takedowns, but this is going back to your grappling you're not fighting you're not doing damage and there's a real question i look at this fight and you know you can you can take a look i'm not saying it was a robbery it wasn't a robbery in any fashion robbery you could robbery john robbery definitely you could definitely have uh, you know this was a split a split and it could have gone to park you know for the win it went to muniz but i actually thought park you know you can take a look at that first round there was nothing done as far as submission attempts. There was nothing done as far as doing damage with ground and pound, no setups, no, it was, it was control. And then when it got turned with about 40 seconds left, Hey, park was putting it on Muniz and put it on for those 40 seconds. Mm-hmm. And you look, you go, Hey, he wins the round. And then the third round, you got to give it to mm-hmm. park. Muniz gets the second. Okay. But, I, I don't know. I thought I actually so thought I was surprised. Is Park won I was the surprised. Fight. I thought Park won. Okay, I wanted to make sure it wasn't just me. Okay, okay. I didn't, we didn't talk no, about it. No, we didn't so talk I know, about but, it. Yeah. But I wanted to make sure it wasn't just me. I was like, I just didn't see any. I didn't see any real work being done in the first round. I saw no attempts to finish yeah. the fight by Muniz, and yeah. that's you gotta look. You gotta try to finish. The Did fight. you see a little bit of? It kind of gave me a little bit of a flashback of AJ and Sydney Outlaw, AJ McKee and Sydney. Absolutely, Outlaw. a little bit of that. You know, yeah. where AJ spent most with, of, with less striking yeah, from yeah. the guy underneath. Yeah, exactly. But, but I'm saying that yeah. I had that same type of feeling, except I felt like this time they got it wrong. In the AJ McKee fight, they got it right. Yep. So it is what it is. Uh, yeah. Any other fights on here you wanted to chat about? I, I yeah, thought you got the see. Steve Garcia fight was a was a. Was very impressive, but go ahead. If there was no something. super impressive, I thought, uh, just you know, just against Song. Mm-hmm. Song is a good fighter, tough, good boxer. And Kevin just that's the second time that we've seen him because his first fight was against Kiefer Crosby mm-hmm. and he got the win that's in the first right. round against Kiefer Crosby. That's, I was wondering where I had seen him fight before. I was like, you look, and then remember, you and I were talking about this beforehand with the Kiefer, mm-hmm. and I remember I was telling you how Kiefer had to fight him. And Nate yeah. Kiefer didn't fight him that way. No, no, <laughs> so it couldn't, and that's okay. Yeah. You know, he could come in last minute, but look at Jacet is proved mm-hmm. that dude can fight. Yeah, he had a beautiful jab. That jab was sweet throughout the fight. Mm-hmm. You know, he was peppering him. The kicks were there. Everything. He's a he's a solid welterweight fighter. He's big I look for the weight. Him in the future. 
Man, he's, he's big. He's big for the weight. You know who he reminds yes, me? He, he reminds me a little bit of Pat Healy. Like, yeah. He just like doesn't look like he does anything great, but he finds ways to be like hang on you, to hit you with the jab, to get a, a funky takedown, to make you carry his weight. He does all those things so well. And you're like, man, how the fuck is this guy beating me? And then he's beating yeah. you. And you're like, oh, Shit. yeah. You know, like this is crazy. So, yeah, he yeah. reminds me of Pat Healy a little bit. Yeah, and I thought you're you're right. You know, Stevie Garcia and his fight against Costa. Yeah, damn, look good. Very impressive because Costa's good. Yeah, he is good. And uh, boy, Stevie was putting it on him. That that might have gone just a little bit long. Yeah, but but it was a it was a good fight. You think, and, uh, John? You think yeah. just a little bit? I was trying to figure out what the hell the ref was looking at. Uh yeah, he took he took I'd say two elbows too many. Yeah, he took he, he, took, took, he took he took some shots. Yeah, it was it, it wasn't a good one. It wasn't a good one. But uh anything else? Uh yeah, you got to say that Tatsuro Tyra, he's good. Yes, he he's gonna be good. Still undefeated. Yep, still undefeated. Uh, and, uh, I want to see a jumping. I, I like I like it. I like this call out. Who would he call out? He was going. He's going. He's going after all of them, man. Who did he? Who Dave? Can you pull? Who did he call out? Um, damn it! I'm I'm freaking forgetting. <laughs> I did like his call out, and I'm trying to remember who he, he called. Um, no, 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 no! Damn it! Uh, give me the give me the flyweights. Pull up the flyweight division. The pull up the yeah, Where is flyweights. Where's he going? Dun, 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 dun. Uh, Manel Cap, uh, Alex Perez. No, Mokaev. Oh, Mohammed Mokaev. Good fight. Yeah. Good fight. That'd be a good fight. Yeah. I would enjoy good watching fight. it. So. Good fight. Yeah. I mean, all of them are pretty much uh, locked up. I wouldn't mind seeing him in Kaikar France. You know? Yeah. 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 Wouldn't mind. Kai, Kai's coming off of an injury, though, I, I believe, right? He got hurt. Uh, yeah. He had to pull out of yeah, his he last fight. Yeah, last he pulled fight. out of his last fight. So he's, oh, I'm trying to remember what it was. Shoulder? Something. I he can't was, remember. He was supposed to fight uh, Manel Cape. Yep. Need to pull out. Yeah. All right. So that is our assessment of Fight Night 83 from the Apex. Our biggest sponsor is, of course, OnlyFans. OnlyFans.com slash Wayne in. Like I said before, man, like we're not we're not begging you guys to head on over there. But look, we do extra content for over there. We want you guys to head on over there and uh, view our extra content that we have there. Um, it is free. We don't charge for um, for our content that's on there. It's for your eyes only. Basically, people that subscribe to us over there. Ooh, yeah. For your the other thing, too, though, I want to get rid of this misconception that like when you go there, there's this page full of just nothing but porn and all this other stuff. Tits and ass. It's, it's whatever you guys subscribe to. So if you guys subscribe to us and then you guys subscribe to TNA, then that's on you. That's on your page. If you don't want to see that stuff, that stuff doesn't come up on your page. So if you guys are married, there is no algorithm yeah. that, that puts you into that. And if you're married and you're concerned that your wife's like, oh, you have an OnlyFans account, say, look, you can actually look at my OnlyFans account. And here it is. I have nothing that scrolls up and down on my page. It's only it's basically just weighing in and whoever else it Fighters. is that you fought. Yeah, whoever else that you that you follow and uh, subscribe to. So that's that's a that was a concern of a couple of people that had hit me up in my DMs. Like, I don't want that stuff on my page if my wife sees it. And I, I'm like, look. I've talked to the um, 
the head of the North American uh, district for it, for, uh, for OnlyFans, and they've said, look, as long as you, if you don't subscribe to it, it will not come up on your page. So you have nothing to worry about, nothing to be concerned about. Follow us over there if you guys would like. I would like you guys to follow us over there. We have some extra content. We will be doing some giveaways for, for sweaters like that right there, uh, but only available on our OnlyFans. And so uh, we want you guys to subscribe to us to OnlyFans.com slash Wayne in. OnlyFans.com slash Wayne in. Subscribe to us over there. Thanks, guys. We need to do a live. We do have to do, we have to do a couple lives. Maybe Tuesday. We do lives Maybe over Tuesday. there more so than we do lives normally. So we will do some lives this month. What is it? December? We will do two lives this month on that channel there. At least two. Probably a little bit more. All right. There you go. Mm-hmm. All right, Dave. What you got here? Devin Haney. Did you watch the Devin Haney yes, fight? Yes, I there, did. Josh? And what did you think? <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, he's good. I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not I mean, denying he the dominated. fact. I, it's it's tough. It's tough to say anything bad when a guy wins every round because he won every round. I thought that. I thought Regis was good. I think he's a great boxer. I thought he had a great game plan. It's just the speed, the footwork. He wasn't able to. He just wasn't able to. to He had some good moments, but then Haney was able to take over the rest of the round or was able to land just more frequently with the speed. It just, that's where it was. Like, I want to, I guess I have people going, man, you guys shouldn't cover boxing because you guys don't know shit. No, what it is is that we actually just call it like it is. Boxing right now is in a position where, they we're not seeing the best fight the best. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, what are you talking about? He just fought for another title. That's not the best fight in the best. Maybe it is in terms of, yeah, that guy's going up and fighting and wait. That doesn't mean that it's the best fight in the best. We want to see the fights that make the most sense for TV. This is the entertainment business. We know that this was not the best fight in the best. Oh, he went up and wait and challenged himself. He did go up and wait. But this was not a challenge for him. He knew that. That's why he picked this fight. Like, that's the point. Like, if, if, if I was to sit back in my career and go, hey, man, I wanted all these easy. I wanted these fights because they these are the fights that are the best for me. Those are the fights that are the best to make me the most money so I could keep my record going. But I never I never wanted those fights. I wanted the Cowboy Cerrone's, the, the Anthony Pettis. I wanted the top ranked guys. That's what I wanted. That's what you should want to see from your fighters. Um, the only time you'll see these guys take those type of fights is when there's 50, 80, hundred million dollars on the line. You're not going to see it. Otherwise you're going to see them continuously, continually pick the fight that they best feel is going to be the, the easiest fight for them to try to get another title as one or two to get, get paid out which I'm not blaming them. I understand, but that's what, that's where boxing is at right now. And that's why they're suffering. That's why they're struggling right now to get fans in the stands and get people to buy their pay-per-views. And I got nothing but respect for Devin Haney. I believe that he is a fucking world, world-class boxer, just phenomenal. No doubt about it. But there's other fighters for him to fight that would have been a lot more competitive. That's it. I'm not knocking anything to do with his opponent. I think he's a fantastic fighter. But it's just styles make matchups. And we know what fights will best suit for the fans and for the crowd. So tune in and pay that top dollar in pay-per-view. This was not one of them. So if you were going to pick a fight for Devin Haney, who would it be? I want to see the Loma rematch. 
That's personally that's me because I'm a Loma fan, huge Loma See, fan. But Loma, he's getting older. Okay, and and here's here's the problem. I can go I can go both ways with it, because yeah, but Loma, Loma was a 126 pound fighter. I, Loma was a small dude. I get it. He's getting older too. Okay, yeah, exactly. And so you look. He's Devin Haney's the bigger guy. The guy that I would really like to see Devin Haney fight is the bigger guy, but it, he didn't used to be. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to see him fight Terrence Crawford. John, please don't kill this, get this guy killed. <laughs> Here's where you, and this is this is why you know when you look at it, you sit sit there and say, Devin Haney's good. There's no doubt about it. He's a good fighter, and yeah, he's undefeated. I want to see him fight someone else that I know is really good. I and, and Terrence Crawford is the one that I go. I, Terrence Crawford beat him. I get I get it, but John. He, it would be one-sided it'd be that and that that's the thing is i want to see fights that are competitive i know the loma fight's competitive i also and I, everyone i've talked to i've had one maybe two people say they they thought haney won that fight i thought loma yeah, won that fight i thought, I thought loma won at fight. least i know that, that fight is competitive and i want to see i want to see what changes they make what adjustments they make the second fight will almost always you were, be the better if fight. you're in but if you're in Haney's corner, you don't want. I agree with you Loma because there. if you lose to that guy, I just lost to a washed out old Loma that I should have beat. I understand why. I'm not denying why they didn't take the fight. I'm not, I, yeah. I I understand why. Um, this why when I can go up and fight someone who's not as fast as me, who um who's not gonna be able to hit me, he's not doesn't have the footwork I have. You know all those things. He is technically the better boxer. He understood that. He knew that. That's why he went up and wait. And I've, we've said this multiple times that fighters that go up in weight, sure, they fight at a weight disadvantage, but what they don't normally fight at is a speed, speed advantage. And in this sport, in boxing and in kickboxing and in MMA, speed kills. That is one of those positions where his footwork of speed, his hand speed, his head movement, all of those things make it very difficult for a heavier, slower fighter to beat. He made that very clear when he won last night. Yep. And I, I, I said, I, he's not ready for Terrence Crawford. He's not ready for Bud. But Bud will, Bud will put his Bud ass down. <laughs> I mean, Bud just a, that's the fight. I, that's the fight I'd like to. I see. know you'd like to see it, but I don't. I mean, like John, it'd be one sided. He would probably get finished. Uh, it's not. It's not. It's a very one. It's a very one sided fight. It's a very one sided fight. You know. Okay. This is the problem, as you're saying, mm-hmm. with boxing, though. Yeah. Because right now. Devin Haney is one of the stars of boxing. Mm. Is he not? He's a good-looking dude. He speaks well. He I, can fight. I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying I don't like yeah. him. I like him. Yeah. He, but he's one of the stars of boxing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Along with, okay, how about Ryan Garcia? Put him and Ryan Garcia together all day long. I take that fight. Okay. Yeah. I like. I'm good that with fight. that then too. I like to see that fight. I would take that fight for sure. More competitive than the the Crawford fight. Yeah. 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 What about Tank? I agree with you. I don't think he... Tank, Tank would eat... Tank's... Tank would eat Haney up. I think so, too, but Tank's a little it's bit smaller. Hot. Tank's a little bit smaller. Oh, he's, no, he's shorter. Yeah. But power-wise, look at... Javante can hit. Yeah. He's, he's got that, that power thing. No, I know. And not everyone Ryan found with, out. you know, his size. Yeah, not every. Well, there's also some things with the, you know. Yeah, the way Garcia had some and... 
issues as far as Man, broke, you know, did you, damaged did, ribs. Did you see the but, the Ryan Garcia interview press conference press conference oh. about the De La Hoya with, thing? With Bernard? Yeah, with yeah, with the Bernard thing, oh, yeah. De La Hoya thing. Oof. Yeah, you you don't you don't think there's some bad blood on both sides there? Hello. Way to get that contract over with. It's getting ugly. Yup. Yep. But Ryan like, Ryan Garcia can fight. I thought I think him and Devin Haney, that would be a good fight. Yeah. That would be a fun fight. That would be one that I'd pay money for. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I love watching Ryan Garcia fight. Love it. Yeah. It'd be good. Yeah. All right, what else you got for us, Dave? All right. Speaking of fights, we have an official fight for February seventeenth at UFC two ninety eight, and it's uh Suhudo and Marab, mm. which has obviously been in talks for a bit, but finally it's official. I think they knew it was gonna happen. Uh, I think they yeah. kind of already figured just that. a matter of where it was going to fall. Yeah, yeah. Where did they say where? Oh, in Anaheim. There you go. Yeah, read, Anaheim, read Josh. February seventeenth. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> oh, uh, it should be a good fight. I'm looking forward to it. Um, that's a that's a really good match. Yep, I yeah. agree. Henry better come in shape. He will. I don't have any doubts about it. But if there's one thing about Marab, man, that is a man that can push a pace. You know, and you you know how tough he is, and he's gonna be there all the way, pushing the pace the entire time. So you gotta have the ability to match up to it, and you know, have your moment. Hear me out on this, though. There's a man that can push a pace. You can push a pace when it's going your way. Mm-hmm. It's a lot harder to push a pace when you normally are the one that's the hammer, wrestling, wrestling, wrestling. Yeah, but hold on. And this this is where people make mistakes. You're not making the mistake. I'm not saying that. But, look, Henry Cejudo was a phenomenal wrestler at one time. Mm -hmm. Okay? And is still way above most people as far as, you know, he's not Olympic quality, Mm -hmm. you know, at this time. But he can still out-wrestle most people when you're looking at things. But it's MMA. And Marab's style and the way he goes about things, Henry's got to put heavy shots on Marab. That's what will stop Marab. Because Marab will try to wrestle with him. I'm not saying he's going to get those takedowns every time, and he's not. But he's going to still be who he is. And he's going to put a constant pressure. And if you know, this is why I said, Henry better come in shape. Because if Henry is not in shape, then his arms are going to get a little heavy. And his legs are going to start to slow down. And then all of a sudden, his wrestling is starting to wane a little bit as far as he's not moving his hips. And then Marab will get into him and put him on his back. And it'll be exactly the kind of fight that Marab creates. You know he's going to come in shape, ready to go, put his foot on the gas, and go after him. So you're saying Marab's going to win? No, I am not. It all depends on how good a condition Henry Cejudo comes in. Henry Cejudo comes in like I have seen him at times. Henry's got it. He comes in, like, and it's tough when you come back into a championship fight. That's a, that's a tough thing to do, and that's what Henry did against Aljamain. Mm-hmm. And that is a tough, and not saying he wasn't in shape. He definitely was. But he got tired. And he got tired because he wasn't used to it. He's also it was, older, though. He also a little bit it, older. It's not the it's not the gym, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. It's under the lights. There's more pressure. You burn energy at a different mm-hmm. rate. It's all these things. I think having that fight under his belt now 
going into this one, I think he'll be there. Yeah, you can't simulate uh, fight speed in the gym. No matter how hard you try, no matter what you do, there's just no way. I mean, like, I've done, AKA's known for this, is we would spar five rounds, but we'd spar every round with a new fighter, you know, and yeah. just to get the rotation. So you try and get a real fight, a real fight pace. But even then, you can't do it because your body's beat up throughout the week. You're a lot slower. You're a lot more tired. Your body's more fatigued than the fighters that you're sparring with. And they understand that, so they don't try to like decapitate you. Yeah, and they're not they're not putting it on. They're not you in meant the same to fashion. hurt you. That's the biggest yeah. thing. The whole point is to get to the fight to make money. Um, That's it. In this fight, though, look, Marab is somebody that if he doesn't get the takedowns early and often, he will keep trying to go for them. But I also feel though Henry though learned a lot from his his return fight is that he can't just live off of the morals of what he had in terms of Olympic caliber wrestling. I think he went back to getting back to his wrestling roots. I think he went back to working with some of the lighter guys that he used to grapple with and wrestle with. And I think he's having Figgy there is going to help him a lot in terms of this guy's fast. This guy can scramble. He's all those things that I need right now to make me a better fighter. He'll push the pace on me. He'll do all those. That's going to be key. Plus, he'll bring in some guys that are Olympic caliber wrestlers that are better than Marab in the wrestling division, in the wrestling class. I think yeah. what's going to happen, though, Marab, he could. This is what I think. If Henry's going to be successful, when Marab starts to wrestle, he needs to utilize Marab's wrestling against him. You wrestle me, I inside trip you right away. You wrestle me, I stuff your takedown, lift you, scoop you, you know, hit you with the takedown. Every time you try to wrestle me, I, I, I out-wrestle you and put you on your back. Now that makes you timid to where you don't want to wrestle, and now you have to stand with me. He's got to do that in the first round, maybe the second. Will this be the main event? No, because uh, folks are main event. In that one. Okay, so it's not. So this will be three rounds. So and I honestly believe that Marab will go hard for the three rounds, but I think Henry, being Henry, I think he can go hard for three rounds. A five-round fight is hard to return to. I think Henry going hard for three rounds is very doable. Henry but is. But you got to be careful. You got to be careful with Marab as far as like he he does pull out a lot of. He'll pull out a spinning back yeah. fist in in the first you know five seconds of the fight. He does a lot of yeah. crazy techniques. Rafael Stotts found that out. Of, out. <laughs> oh yeah, out of nowhere, you know he'll pull yeah. those off, and so you got to be careful. He is someone who he, all of a sudden he'll do what you never expect. Mm-hmm to be done from the position he's at, but he'll do it. That's true. Um, this, But I, like I said, Henry is good on the feet. He's good. He's got good wrestling. I think his craftiness will come through. His veteranness will come through. Um, I'm going to lean towards Henry only based on the fact is that Rob needs to get this fight to the ground to start kind of yeah, trying to does. break Henry down a little bit. And I think if Henry understands that, I think Henry spent this last three months wrestling, grinding, getting back in the wrestling room, understanding what it's going to take, breaking down tape, seeing what he does best, and then Henry doing what he does best. I think he's brought in a group of wrestlers that are higher level than Marab. And it's like, look, I'm going to, I'm going to solve this problem. Henry, people don't give him the credit. Like they think that he's a super athletic guy. No, man, he's a fucking hard worker. That's what he is. Like he he puts the work in. He breaks down the tape. He sees what you do well. He understands like when you do this, I'm gonna do this. He's 
he doesn't get the credit he deserves. He, I think, I think when he's done fighting, he could potentially end up being one of the best coaches in the game, you know, in the long, in the long haul. So oh, no doubt about it. No. He, he knows what he's doing and he breaks, yep. he breaks down what, where someone is weak and is normally able to, you know, adjust and yeah. make that his strength in the fight. So we're going to see if he can do it again. This can be a good fight. Next. That is, that's a great one. All right, next next confirmed fight here for February third. It's the UFC fight night. I think this is a great fight. This is look at Moicano is got he's got fantastic jits. He's got great stand up. He's going against a guy in Dober. You know, you gotta love Drew Dober for you know the way he fights, the way he'll bite down. Uh, he's super technical now. Didn't used to be, but now man, he's very slick in what he does. He can uh, he can adjust in the fight as far as when he's not getting that range the right way, he adjusts things well. On the ground, I think Moicano has the advantage. Uh, in the stand-up with the hands, I think Drew Dober does. With the kicks, I think Moicano does. It's a great fight. Great matchup. Yeah, no, I, I, absolutely it's a great fight. I think on the feet, I'm going to go a little bit more with Dober. Um, Chin-wise, I'm going to go with Dober. The ability yes. to take a shot, deliver a shot. I'm absorb, gonna go with Do- absorb, absorb the damage. damage. Um, yep. Dober's not going to be the easiest guy to take down because Moicano is taller. He's going to be harder for him to get his to to lower his level, get in deep enough on these takedowns. Um, but I, look on the ground, I think Moicano is obviously the better fighter, but he can't afford to be off of his back for too long, especially after they get sweaty. So Dober just got to fight a smart fight. He's He's slick, man. He's he's good. He'll take a shot, deliver a shot. The speed and power which he delivers it, he stays tight. As long as he can uh, get his head offline, then I think that he's got a good chance of winning the fight. But Moicano, I feel like since going to lightweight, he's he's a different fighter. I think those weight cuts were killing him at 45. He yep. wasn't, wasn't having success. The chin wasn't the same. You. And then now being at 55, I just want to see him a little bit more active. He's not as active of a fighter as I'd like to see him. But let's see if this ends up. If he ends up winning this fight against Dober, you got to get busy again right away, buddy. Do the best you can to keep keep your name in people's mouth. As soon as your name stops coming out of people's mouth, you're just forgot about. Ah, that guy. What was that guy's name again? I can't remember who he was. He was good. He was good. He, he was, was good. good. But I can't remember. <laughs> got to stay active. Got to stay active. Next. Next. Yeah, uh, next one is uh, not uh, – not a new fight announcement, but it's a replacement. So UFC 296 coming up here with uh, Leon Edwards and Colby Covington. Josh Emmett lost his opponent. Um, uh, Giga Chikadze and now Bryce Mitchell has agreed to step in on short notice. Hmm. What do you guys yeah, think G- of this one? Giga Torres groin. Yeah, you could, they actually had tape of it. Yeah, from I saw it. Thing. <laughs> it happens. This happens. What are you going to do? But I tell you what, you know, for... For Josh Emmett, there's some difficulty to this because you're looking at, you know, Giga being a specific type of fighter. Mm-hmm. Bryce Mitchell is absolutely the exact opposite uh, as far as his fighting style, where he's strong, uh, where his weaknesses lie, completely different. Bryce Mitchell in the stand-up, I think, is going to have problems with Josh Emmett. Bryce Mitchell is going to need to get this fight to the ground where – if you were Josh Emmett before, you were looking to take the fight to the ground against Giga. Mm-hmm. You're definitely not mm-hmm. looking to take the fight to the ground against Bryce Mitchell. That's only going to put you into danger 
because on the ground, Bryce Mitchell's good. Mm-hmm. I just don't know if his wrestling is good enough to take Josh Emmett off of his feet. He's going to have to do that by hurting Josh Emmett in the standup. Josh has got a lot of power in his hands. He's a good wrestler. If he makes this a sprawl and brawl type fight, he's got a he's got you know a really good chance of walking away with a win. If he decides to utilize that wrestling like he would have against Chikadze, putting yourself in danger, not the smartest way to win. I, I look at you are right. I just don't I don't think it's that big of a difference. Not that big of a difference. I don't think it's that big of a risk for him to take him down and put him on his back and do damage. Josh Emmett's been with Uriah Faber and these guys, they've got good guillotines. They've got good submissions. There are no slouches off their back. They're good at getting back to their feet. I don't think that Bryce Mitchell's brings anything to the table off the back that, that Josh Emmett hasn't seen. Now, if he does lose the takedown, I can see him struggling a little bit from that position and fending off submissions, side choke, rear nakeds, all those things, the ability to get, smashed against the you know the fence or the ground and then not being able to get back up i could see that potentially happening giving the back and then getting choked from there i could see that potentially happening um but bryce remember remember what's josh emmett's record in his last couple fights uh he's got what one 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 or two wins right he's lost a couple in a row he's got he just won his last fight didn't he no, he lost. Mm-hmm. Two lost two. two in a row. So his last win was against Calvin Cater. He lost to Yair. But you can't tell me that Tapuria and Yair are that they're at the level of of Josh of uh, Bryce Mitchell. No, they're they're, they're a step they're above. A step above. And so, yeah. well, Tapuria is one of his last yeah. wins was against Bryce. Mitchell. Well, I look at I look at Bryce Mitchell and I look at him almost like as if he's like a Dan Ige slash maybe a Shane Burgos, which is no power, but I'm saying more of like a Dan Ige, more like a Dan Ige, someone who's in your face, in your grill, just doesn't have the stand-up of Dan, but the griminess, he can wrestle you, he can clinch you, he can dirty box you, get you to the ground, put some pressure on you, that kind, that type of fight. I'm not saying they're the same fighter. I'm just saying that, that they can fight that yeah. similar style because Bryce Mitchell's going to have to smother Josh Emmett to get him to the fence to try to get these takedowns. He'll try to yeah. wrestle him. He's going to have a hard it's time. It's going to be very difficult for him to, to get those takedowns. Yeah, he's going to have a hard time getting the takedowns. But once the fight does hit the ground, he's got to be on top. Bryce Mitchell can't afford to be on his back because I think I think Emmett's seen it. He's seen he's seen. Well, just, work, just working with Chris Hollinsworth. Yeah, I know? forgot about Chris, to be honest. Chris is fantastic yeah. off of his back, and you know he's been working with him. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. All those guys. I mean, you look at Danny Castillo. You got Chris Holmes. You got you've got those guys that are out of there. That they've got great wrestling takedown defense. They've got great wrestling themselves. Trying to take Josh down. I mean, he is going to stuff their takedowns. He's going to make him pay. So this mm-hmm. this is a tough task for uh, Bryce Mitchell. What so. what else you got? All right. Um, not a fight, but Bilal Muhammad <laughs> confirms that he is the backup fighter, and I'm just curious on your take. If he was to step in, kind of how you, what, how you see him as the backup here in, in this main event coming up? I'm going to tell you right now, I look at this and he, I'm going to go against uh, Dave on this one. Shocking. <laughs> <laughs> like we, we saw Bilal against Leon for a short time before there was the eye poke. Uh, you saw what was occurring in that. And it was, he was struggling in some areas of it. You know, he was having... Uh, he was on the feet 
Leon was just a step ahead of him and he was trying to get the takedowns. If you look at this fight and if Colby Covington falls off, then the Leon Edwards is not going to be an easy fight for Bilal. Bilal's, you know, been in there with him before, but that's, in my opinion, the tougher fight for Bilal if you're going to match them up. If you're going to match them up and you say that Leon Edwards falls out and Bilal's going to step in and fight Colby Covington, that's a better fight for mm-hmm. Bilal. You know, the the wrestling itself is going to even itself out. It's going to basically, you know, okay, it's neutralized. Bilal's got a good pace. He can put, he's got, you know, very good cardio. And in the stand-up, I think he's got more power than Colby. And his stand-up has gotten much better. You saw what he did against Sean Brady. You saw what he did against uh, Luke. His stand-up has gotten way better. So it just depends on which way that fight went. You know, if if Bilal was going to go in, who's he going to go in against? Yeah, Leon's the tougher fight, um, I think, for both of them. His ability yeah. he showed against Kamaru Usman is he can take you down. He's not just a stand-up guy, and he can submit you. He gets to the ground. He's no slouch on the ground anymore. People keep overlooking his ability to get takedowns, his ability to stuff takedowns, his ability to get submissions. He's fantastic. He's a full, well-rounded fighter. That's why he's the damn champ. Now, right. I 100% agree with you that the Colby Covington fight and Bilal Muhammad fight, I'd love to see that fight. If Leon pulled out and Leon one. couldn't fight, I would love to see that fight. I think, to me, that's a great fight. You see the two of them. The question is, would Colby take that fight? <laughs> well, okay, let's take a look at this and be honest. <sighs> John, <laughs> take a breath. But, well, okay, take your breath. Being honest, take a breath. What you know? Let's take a look at Colby Covington over the last mm-hmm. you know, how many fights? Okay, everybody he's fought has been what age? Old. Josh Thompson age. 39 yeah (laughs) all of them unless it's a fight that he's lost every fight that he's gotten a win against it's been against someone who is at the end of their career they're at the end of their run well but the the law's 36 37 something law's 36 okay that would be one of the youngest fighters colby's been in the cage with in the last five years okay Mm -hmm. that he's beat you can take a look. Okay, he beat RDA. All right. But RDA, he, he's been a lightweight his whole mm-hmm. career for the most part. Yes, he has fought welterweight. But where he made his, you know, run as a, as a fighter was in lightweight. I take a look and, you know, I've got Colby Covington in his last, you know, five fights. He's got two losses. I look at, you know, Leon Edwards. How many, how many losses does he have in his last? How many? He's got one one draw, and that's against Bilal. Bilal for the no iPod. contest. Yeah, no contest. Okay, no contest. Same. And so he, all those wins. No, John, it's not the same thing. Just letting you know. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I you look at it and you go, I can look at Leon Edwards and look at all those people, and he's got some people that are older, no doubt about it. He's fought some of the same people that Colby has but he's come away with wins against yeah. those people. And I just look and go, Colby is in this position where he's done a great job of using his personality to create 
this persona that makes people either love him or hate him. Okay, yeah. great. But truthfully inside the cage, you know, there's not one person that's in the top 15 right now that he's beaten. Yeah, I know. Not one. Take know. A, show, show me the top 15. Okay, you go to welterweights. <clears throat> Tyron was fought. when he fought him. Tyron and George were when he fought them, just for the record. I'm not saying I'm not saying they're not there anymore. He hasn't fought people. He's saying they're old and they were, were they were old. That's why I'm not saying he hasn't fought people that were that he beat. Yeah, he did. But you take a look at everybody in this top 15 of the welterweight, and that's a that's a a damn good welterweight mm -hmm. division. He doesn't have a win against any of them. Yeah. Did he fight Vicente Luque? I know that uh, Leon did, no. but he didn't fight Vicente no. Luque, right? No, he is not. Yeah, he hasn't fought any. You know, you take a look. He doesn't I mean, have. He's a been win number out. one for like the last three, four years. He's number so. three, so he hasn't been number one for shit. Well, but Bilal <laughs> fought recently, and that's that's the only reason Bilal jumped ahead. And Kamaru's obviously just lost. His well, team. hold on, Dave. Yeah, there is something about fighting that yeah, uh, you have to keep fighting. John, why do you why do you jump? Why do you fucking take the bait every single time? I swear, <laughs> I just it, I love it. I love his Colby Covington. It drives me crazy. Just lo love, love. I don't know. I don't know what to call it's it. It's like what the trolls on Twitter. You just fucking. They just reel <laughs> you in. Just. Oh no, he's not reeling me in. He gets you. But every you look time. and you go, okay. Here I got a guy who is sitting at number three. Yeah. He doesn't even have a win against anybody else in the top fifteen. He's got losses, yeah. but he doesn't have one win. But he was number one when he fought George. He was number one when he fought Kamaru. He was George number one. was how old when he fought him? Four, 38. 30, 38, yeah. 39. Yeah. All of them. Yeah, Tyrone you know? was 39, I think. 38, 39. 40, but he was 38, I yeah. think. Yeah. Robbie Lawler was? No, he's 36. 38, 39. Jeez. No, Robbie was. No, no Robbie was older all of them. Robbie's. Yep. Four years ago. <laughs> Robbie yeah. was 41 when he quit. Oh, he was 37 when he fought. Robbie's been fighting a long time. He was in the UFC before yes. I was. <laughs> like that's Robbie's been fighting a long, time. long ass time. I think he got signed by like what was it UFC like 32, right? I think he fought Aaron Riley was his first. Oh no, fight. no, he got yeah. Aaron Riley was his first, his first fight. fight. Um, that was a hit, that UFC 36. 36. God, that was a fucking. I was there cage side for that fight. Fuck, it was a great fight. Great fight. I mean, one-sided, but it was yes. Yeah, it was a great fight if you were rooting for Robbie. Yeah. Aaron took a lot he of damage, did. but it was tough. Oh, fuck, he was a dog. Aaron Riley was. Yeah. All right, what he else was, you got? Well, had a chin. All right, I wanted to get your thoughts on <clears throat> um, Islam saying he's not interested in rematches, um, but he does think Gaethje is, is, deserves a title fight. Um, and just your thoughts on kind of that fight versus the Charles fight. I think part, part of that is Charles pulled out. He had a fight with him. And he's like, oh, you pulled out. I'm done with you. I don't care. I, I beat you. I submitted you. And I want to go through other people. I don't blame him. I don't blame him, man. And, you know, Justin Gaethje is uh, someone that, you know, he's, first off, he's got the BMF title. So that's, that's kind of fun. And he's, you know, one thing, if you're going to fight Justin, he's going to bring mm -hmm. it. He's going to bring it. That's a good thing to know if you're Islam. I know exactly where you're strong. I know exactly where I think you're weak. Mm -hmm. And I know how how I go about beating you. Yeah. Now, there's ways that Justin can beat Islam. But Islam knows the way for him to get a win against Justin. And, you know, 
does it does the fight against charles give you any more elevation than the fight against justin i don't think it does because you already beat him i mean let's be honest at this stage in your career like he's the champion he wants to fight the best and most available <laughs> i mean and look i've beaten charles and i did it in the first round you know i've beaten uh bulk i beat him tw you know beat him twice like i went through the rematch because it was a last minute change I look at where he's at right now. He's looking at guys like Justin Gaethje. He's looking at guys like Dustin Poirier, who hasn't fought yet. He's he wants those him. guys. Can't blame him. He wants the guys with the biggest names and the biggest yep. resume on there to solidify who he is. And doesn't matter if it was him. Habib was the same way. Give me the best and the most recognizable one. I want to beat that guy. Do you remember the speech? Give me your chicken. Like th that's because <laughs> give me, give me the one that you guys keep talking about. Like, give me that one. And they're not shying away from the rematch. It's not the rematch. It's like, yeah, no. I, if I'm going to get up every single day, I've been doing this since these kids, these guys have been doing it since they were five years old. I need something to motivate me. And I've said this, I don't know how many times when I went to the UFC, I wanted the, the Donald Cerrone fight. I wanted the, the Anthony Pettis fight. I wanted the fights that motivated me never offered them these this is where he's at he's in the he's in the in the driver's seat right now going hey yeah. i'm not trying to duck anyone but i've already beat charles in the first round i made it look easy and i'm not taking anything away from charles we all know he's a fucking savage we all love him i think he's a i think he's super respectful he's if you have a young child you know you look at him you're like dude i that's someone you could have your kid say hey i want him to look up to him he's a good athlete he's someone that's respectful to everyone he runs around the cage. He gives hugs to his opponents before they fight. He's a good human being or seems to be anyways. Yep. That's what you want. Justin Gaethje, very much the same way. Very respectful every single time. They want to fight those kind of guys. You know, like they want the guys that motivate them. Justin Gaethje is one of them. Dustin Poirier is one of them. He's already beat Sarukian. Now, my argument with the Sarukian thing is he beat him on his debut. Okay, mm -hmm. let's give the kid some credit. He's come a long way since then. Absolutely. But I think also, too, if I'm Islam, give him one more fight against someone else. Let me fight Justin. Let me fight uh, Dustin. Let me get these guys out of the way who were waiting in line. Let me let me see if I can get past these these guys. Who's the hardest fight? Who's the hardest fight? Uh, right now. So for me, honestly, I believe right now out of all of them is the hardest fight for him is Justin Gaethje. No, you no. you say no because of the wrestling and i say and yeah. i and i and you and i understand why you say no but i say this islam has a tendency sometimes to stand in the pocket a little bit too long and he can't afford to do that with with justin and his wrestling is not double leg takedown wrestling okay i look at justin's not someone who sits in that clinch for too long he's good at breaking out of the clinch he's good at keeping you out of that clinch area and letting his hands go dirty boxing uppercuts he possesses the power to land the shot out of the break he's a dangerous fight for islam very dangerous and i, I admire what Justin what, what dust uh justin does um but I, I think he's a dangerous fight i think he's a very dangerous fight for islam now, don't get me wrong. I know they get in the clinch, foot sweeps, all that stuff, the wrestling, all that things. The fight does hit the ground, which it will. But I also think that Justin's not the guy that is going to – he does not fight in the same way he used to. He's a different guy right now. He's fighting a lot smarter. He's not just let's yes. sling it. Let's just get into this thing. I'm going to be an entertainer. 
I, he's done with that. He's like, this is my one more shot. He's made it very clear. He's going to fight a very methodical fight against it, against Islam. He wants that fight to happen because he thinks that, look, if I just can keep him away from my legs, Islam's not going to shoot double legs, desperation no. doubles. He's not going to do that. He's going to punch his way into the clinch, foot sweep, hip but, toss. Let me ask you this, because it's a simple thing, but Islam is a, is a southpaw. Mm -hmm. Justin is very used to eating up that front leg mm -hmm. of an orthodox fighter. That leg's not in the same place. Mm -hmm. I agree. But a, Justin's also very capable of eating up the inside leg on a southpaw, inside calf kick, inside calf But it kick. takes longer for it to get there. It, it does. You are right. You are right. But look, if I'm saying like do a, with, with Islam, if Dustin, if just, Dustin, just like keep getting me. If Justin throws <laughs> the calf kick, if yeah. in the inside calf kick on that, mm -hmm. he can't be so worried about checking that and throwing off of that because if he gets caught in the exchange, Justin can throw the inside calf kick and throw a loopy overhand right and still land, and it'll it could knock him out. Yeah, but anytime that you have someone throwing that inside calf kick on you, and you're that southpaw. And Justin is now throwing that right, mm -hmm. right leg across. Where's his body position? What happens when that straight left hand, which Islam throws mm -hmm. all the time, just comes straight where it's supposed mm -hmm. to and hits target? You're right. It's not a good place but, to be. But if you look at the difference in power, like, am I taking that chance of throwing the straight left? Yes, of course you are at some times. But if I get clipped by throwing that straight left and that overhand right lands at the same time, who's going to go to sleep first? <laughs> like it's it's a, I, he, Islam's got to fight honest. a very careful fight against Justin Gaethje. Ju Ju Justin, I think, has got the more power, but they're close. Is Islam's got he's he does. got he's got good steam on that left. Hey, I'm not saying he doesn't, John. I'm saying though that we've seen that Justin can Justin can take it. He can deliver it. His only weakness, to be honest, he's, in this... He's had a career proving yes. he could take it. His only weakness, though, in, in this fight is that if his back hits the ground, it could be over yeah. quick. And I'm saying it, it will potentially hit there. But I say if, if you're going to look at who is the most dangerous fight for him, and we saw it with, with uh, Habib in the first round. Habib, he took some big shots from Justin in that first round. Habib just walked him down. Islam's not going to fight him that way. He can't no. afford to fight him that way. He can't afford to take the shot that Habib took. He can't. And he's got to close that distance to get to that takedown. I'm not saying that Armand's not a, a tough fight for him. I think we saw it in the first fight. It's an extremely tough fight for him. The speed of Armand uh, Sarukian with the power, the wrestling ability, all those things. I agree with you. The young, being young, just that, that's an advantage as well, even though Islam's not old. But I look at those guys. I look at where, where he is at right now in his career. He wants to beat the biggest names first. He's beat Charles. I don't, I don't blame him for I that. I want Justin next. I want Dustin after that. And then I want Armand and then, or whoever else is next. But he wants to get the guys that he hasn't fought yet out of the way. We all know that the fighting, uh, uh, fighting again, what do they call uh, repeat fights or rematches? Rematch. Fighting the rematches. Like, it's it's you've already won the fight it almost feels like what am i doing here it, especially the way he won that fight against charles and like i said i'm not taking anything away from charles but he did it in such a dominant fashion 
then it's like, I have nothing to prove. I can't beat you any faster. Maybe I can, but what? I, I don't have anything else to prove. I dropped you, jumped on you, passed your guard, choked you. Fight over. It's hard for me to get motivated for that again. Justin brings something to the table that I got to deal with. He brings excitement. He brings a plethora of fans too that are just hoping to see Islam get knocked out. And Islam brings a plethora of fans just hoping to see him dominate Justin Gaethje, whether take him down, submit him, ground upon him, whatever it is. It's a different style of fight. Can Islam take the power of Justin Gaethje? And can Justin, can Justin Gaethje keep this on the feet? And Dustin poses very similar threats. Southpaw, you know, Southpaw, Southpaw. I mean, that's well, gonna... so, uh, D- Dustin's a different fight. Yes. You know, I, I know I know that, you know, Justin beat Dustin in the BMF mm-hmm. fight. But if you go back and you watch it, Dustin was doing a lot of good yes, things. Yes, he was. He just got caught. And it can happen, and it's part of fighting, and Gaethje did a great job. But he was doing some really good things, and he was in control mm-hmm. of a lot of that fight. And, you know, they've had that fight in the, you know, before and Dustin won it. So Dustin Poirier is a completely different style fighter than Justin Gaethje. He can bite down and do the same things as Justin at times, but he's a more methodical and a, a more, um, he hits you from different, more angles. Justin has a, a pattern. You can look for that pattern that he throws and he throws it well you know the uppercut that he throws mm-hmm. with the hook he throws that time after time and, and it worked for him i don't blame him but he's got a pattern dustin has multiple patterns but we saw remember in the in the volk fight i know we're going on too long about this fight because it's so long <laughs> and it's because, not even happening because it's good but the it's thing good. is is you saw with islam in the in the tie clinch he's in the tie plum with volkanovsky that's because volkanovsky was shorter right trying to make yeah. him carry his weight do those things but he can't afford to do that with Justin. Justin will, if he tries to do that, Justin will come over the top and start uppercutting him right to the chin. Yeah, and how many yeah. shots can you take? It only takes one, maybe two from Justin. And we've seen that he's done it to countless people where he's just hit you with that uppercut. Next, you know, you're, you're doing the zab Judah, the fucking stanky leg, you know, and it's, it's like, and you're surviving for your life. And he is someone that who can finish. He touches yeah. you and touches you. And I agree with you that Dustin is a methodical fighter. He's someone that he will take a couple of shots. He figures out your game. He's a very smart fighter. And I'm yep. not saying that Justin's not. They just have their different no, approaches in the game. Different, yeah. and, and, and Justin's gotten a lot smarter in his last three fights. Absolutely. I agree with you completely. You can see the difference in what he's doing. And I love what he's doing. And, yeah, I love it. I love it. I love what he's doing. So when I, when I look at all these and look with Armand, like, I, I mean, look, I really believe that if I was, if I was being matchmaker for just one day and I said, Hey, I want to see Justin fight Islam. I'm sorry, Charles. I want to see Justin fight Islam. And I want to see probably either Armand fight Dustin, or I want to see Armand no. fight Charles. Yes. And, the and then, I, and then the winner of Justin and uh, if, 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 if Islam wins, he fights Dustin because Dustin's fought everybody. You put his resume, I'd put his resume up against anybody's. Dustin Poirier. Oh my against God. anybody. He's fought everybody. He's fought them all. 145, 155, he's fought them all. You got to give those guys the respect that they deserve. He, If he needs to sit out until the winner of this fight happens, of Justin and, uh, and Islam, I'm okay with that. 
Like, I owe you that. You've stepped up on numerous occasions and fought fights that we we needed you to fight. You've done it. You've delivered. I mean, you've got to give this guy his respect. He deserves it. And then Charles fighting Armand. You know, and there's the threat there because Armand's got to be careful taking him down because of the submission threat. Armand's got to be careful on the feet because he is crafty on the feet. You know, uh, but we saw that Armand's got power in his hands. And I said that before. And people didn't believe me until they saw it this last fight. Oh, who was he knocked out? All right, well, just knocked out Benil Dariush. Okay. <laughs> he, the guys, I, I like to see the the Charles Oliver fight and Armand Sarukian fight. There's a lot of little That'd threats back fight. and forth. I love to see Dustin get the next shot at the title coming off, even if it's coming off of a loss. I'd still like to yeah. see that fight. I deserve. He and deserves one, one of the. I'm not saying it couldn't happen, but if you're taking a look, Poirier and Sarukian both from American Top Team. Ooh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's why you. I think that's why you put him with Charles Sarukian. Yeah, that's why I said that's Charles. Good. I that's didn't even think about opinion. that, John. Well played, my friend. Well played. All right, All right what else you got? All right, let's um, take a look at this past weekend. Uh, MVP was in attendance at the PFL and even did a face-off. Mm-hmm. Um, so just curious on your thoughts. Uh, it's looking like you may end up there. Uh, I wouldn't get ahead of yourself. Um, <laughs> look, he's going to go where the money is. And maybe maybe because they are going to make... Uh, uh, so if... if yeah, if. If he's going to go where the money's at, where is that at? That would mean... I think he's going to go where the money is, but... I think the UFC. I've got to say this very carefully. I, 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 I've look in the past, Strike Force and UFC, then form past emails, stuff like that, transition, you know, scene. They know what they're doing. They know that, look, MVP, we could potentially pay <clears throat> a little bit more for him so we can keep them from helping them build their brand right now, the PFL. They just well, they've they've done it in the past. Yes, we know, we know they have. <laughs> so let's go ahead and stick it to the PFL because we know that there's fights that they want to make over in the UK because they have now their European PFL series. They also have Bellator going to be a lot of it be over there in the, in the European series. They would love to have MVP be part of that. If you're PFL and Bellator, they would love that. So the UFC will normally do is they'll step up. To steal somebody they know that's going to bring fans and put and put fans in the seats, so I would expect them to step up in this situation possibly and take him. The only concern I have with him is uh, with MVP is that he is a little bit older. He's thirty six, I believe, and they know that they're not going to have a long time with him. So we'd like to probably try to bring him over to a four fight deal, potentially try to get him beat to let him know that he was never that good. That's been their mo. That's been their mo. That's, okay, the UFC's mo. This fight, though, when just in terms of with him and um, uh, Cedric. Dumbe? Yeah, Dumbe. Yeah. I don't think it's a good fight for MVP, though. And so that's that's another, like, if you're going to bring him over, I don't think it's a good fight for him. I think. Why? I think. Who's a, who? I mean, just, I'm, and I'm, I'm asking you, the guys that have given MVP the most trouble are who? Wrestlers. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? Said Cedric He's has all none of. <laughs> He's all, all stand up. You know, it's good. Look, no, he, I agree. Look, Cedric has power. He's a great mm-hmm. kickboxer. Mm-hmm. He's fun to watch. He is exciting, and so is MVP. Can, I think it would be a phenomenal fight. Okay. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. So, who was who was the guy that had really good leg kicks in Bellator? 
that swept the leg. Oh, Douglas Lima, no doubt about it. How hard do you yeah. think uh, Dumbe kicks? Oh, he kicks like a mule. Like more than no more than it. Lima? No, no, Lima kicks so? hard. I think I think he's equal. Okay, I'm not going to take anything away from so, him. So, <laughs> like, and my point is the style and the stance of which MVP fights that lead leg calf kick, that lead leg kick. It's there now. You can be countered, as we've noticed. We can but, be countered, but. I'm going back since you wanted to bring this up. One of the things that Venom Page was very cognizant of in fighting against Lima was Lima was wanting to take him down. Mm-hmm. Yes, he had to think he's got to be in that position to stop the takedown. Again, with Cedric Dumbe, now I don't have to worry about it. He's not going to take me down. In fact, if it gets to it, I'll be the guy taking him. I think, I think you will see that. I, and I would, I, if because... I was the MVP, I would do that. Wasn't it? Look, the first time I refereed, that's what I was getting to. Michael Venom Page, right <laughs> he pulled off a damn, he pulled off a submission. An ankle lock, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah. He did a fucking toe hold. Yeah. He fucking did a toe hold, right? I'm like, oh, oh my God, right? So, look, I don't know. I just look at it in this. I think you're right. I think the UFC might look at it and go, we'll pay him even more than we want to yeah. bring him over to take him away, which, hey. That's part of the game, and that's what you, you know. Yeah. But this is good, because why is it good? Because Michael Venom Page has options. Yeah. And he's going to make more money if the UFC goes, we don't want him going to the PFL. Mm-hmm. Great. Pay him the more money. He got the more money. Well, that's a good thing. I, th- I think that history has shown that you guys, like, look, I've been privy to inside, you know, inside insider information, not as much as Nancy Pelosi, but I've been privy to some insider information. Okay. And that's insider trading. There's it's the same shit. Your, same your shit. insider trading okay. sucks. It does. It really does. <laughs> but the, these are, these are things where there's a gameplay between promotions. Okay. I want to see how much oh, yeah. this guy's willing to get paid. Okay. Now that I know his number, because he, he brought it to me from this other organization, I'm going to match it or I'm going to beat it. And I'll give you a couple little things differently that I can do for you that they can't do. And that's the way the game is played. Yeah. And uh, I think it's in, in what you have to remember is rich people get pleasure in screwing over the other rich person. And so, <laughs> but at the end of the day, yeah. they still kind of mutually respect each other. Like, man, you, you got me, but I'm going to get you next time. So, um, yeah, so I would expect something like that to come out, uh, this little step up in them coming to the cage. All it did was bring a little bit more publicity to MVP. Um, uh, like we'll, we'll see how, we'll see how it all pans out for him. But either way, he, you know, he's got a home to go to. Someone's going to, he's going to get paid. And I think it was the best thing for him to do to become a free agent. Oh, no doubt about and it. And I've said this for six, seven years now, maybe even longer. You guys fight out your contracts, find out what you're worth. Because even all the way up until the point I left and went to Bellator, my contract that UFC was offering was still on the table. No matter what you want to read from somebody, okay, the contract was still on the table. It wasn't until my 90 days was up when they said, hey, we're going to pull it from you because we know you're going to leave. They knew. They knew I was leaving. So that they saw the writing on the wall. They did not release me. They did not let me go. They did the same thing with Phil Davis. They did the same thing with Gegar Musasi. They were trying to re-sign him all the way up until the day that they signed with the other promotion. 
Yeah. This right here, he became a free agent. He's ready to see what who brings him the most money. Good for him. I'm happy for him. Whoever it is, they got themselves a good fighter. Yeah, what else absolutely. you got? All right, last thing we're going to wrap up on here. Something nice and light-hearted to get the uh, show <laughs> off the air with. Um, <laughs> Bloody Elbow has come out with a report uh, that the shows communication between Dana White and Lorenzo Fertitta. Um, and so one of the kind of more uh, harsh, for lack of a better word, ones uh, that, that people are kind of spreading around right now was this one, this text exchange. Um and I'll, I'll just read it to you as it's quoted here um, with, with each name. So Dana White sends out, bro, you know I f uh, love you to fucking death as it is, but what you pulled off this week with Melendez and other dude, talking about Eddie Alvarez, is fucking badass. Fucking cutthroat nasty business like you see in movies. Good shit, homie. Congrats. Dana, uh, that's what Dana White wrote. Uh, Lorenzo replied, we got to keep taking these fuckers oxygen till they tap out. We have sacrificed too much to let anyone get traction now. Dana replies, I, I agree. You're 100% correct, and I love it. Yeah. Um, so that's the one that's making around. I wanted to get your reaction to it. Um, like, I, I just said, did I just say on. this? <laughs> I just said but, but, this. But, but, but br bring that back up to the headline. Yeah, what have. is the headline? Okay, because it says text messages emerged showing Dana White and Lorenzo Fritti celebrating cutthroat negotiations. Okay, that's not what is occurring here. Okay, that's bullshit. All right, what's occurring, and if you want to call it cutthroat, that is Lorenzo Fertitta at a time that Eddie Alvarez was having... Uh, Eddie Alvarez was upset with Bellator at the time. Bjorn Rebney was the, the owner of it, the president of it. And he was being uh, harsh with Eddie as far as he was trying to get Eddie beat. And he was, you know, Eddie was wanting a bigger contract. And he didn't want to pay him. And then Eddie wanted out of the contract. He wanted to get away from Bjorn. And so this is Lorenzo Fertitta giving Eddie Alvarez the money that he wanted to come over and fight in the UFC. Mm -hmm. Same with Gilbert Melendez. Gilbert Melendez was a fighter with Strike Force, obviously, when Josh was there. His contract was picked up by the UFC, and then at the end of it, he went to Bellator, got a nice offer, a big mm -hmm. offer, and instead of losing Gilbert to Bellator, Lorenzo Fertitta paid more than he wanted to pay for yeah. Gilbert Melendez to stay with the UFC. Yep. So Gilbert ended up making more money based upon going and doing exactly what you're saying, Josh, seeing what he was worth. Mm -hmm. Bellator offered him a ton of money. That was on the table then, and the UFC had the right to match it. They matched it. That's what this is. Mm -hmm. So when you sit there and you say cutthroat, yes, it was cutthroat if you want to say towards specific promotions bellator being yeah. the one you know but it wasn't cutthroat towards the fighters no that's, they made their money this is business like that's he, business. they didn't they didn't do anything wrong he went out there and no. did what he had to do because if you look at what they had at the time in bellator they had eddie alvarez they had uh will brooks they had michael chandler they had patricky pitbull those four guys and you add gilbert melendez to that mix they had also Marcin Held, real good submission guy. Yep. You add yep. those th those six guys. Sorry, but now you have a good lightweight tournament. And there was no saying like they had. And during that time, 
they hadn't re-signed me yet. And I was contemplating leaving. They offered me a good deal and then I stayed. But I didn't go and test the waters over there at the other contract. But I do know that when they went, when Gilbert did go over there, it was because there was talks already that uh, Bjorn was going to be out. And there was a lot of talk that Scott Coker was going to come in. And so I think they were like, look, we can't let any fighters from Strike Force potentially go back, go to Bellator because there was already rumblings that Bjorn was going to yeah. be out and that Scott Coker was going to be in. And it ended up working out that way, but it was like a year later or something. Yeah. But they just didn't want, they didn't want any of the Strike Force guys to be able to bounce and go to Bellator because if Coker did go there and these guys' contracts, which was about three years later, I think it was like a two year or three year later type situation was that they didn't want them to be able to run back to who they were already being promoted by, which was Scott Coker. And so they overpaid. And I do, I do know what Gilbert's contract was. He had a great contract, but one of the biggest things was, was he had a non cut. Right. So he couldn't be cut whether he won or he lost. Didn't matter. He was guaranteed, I believe 10 fights, but they could cut him or renegotiate after eight. And I and um, that was a great that was a great. He was making a lot of money, good at least a, de- a really good decent amount of money, especially for that time yeah. frame. No, he was making yeah, good money. he was making I know, good I know what it good was. money for that time that time frame. It was good money for that time frame. It's still kind of good money now, but he did really well for himself and just by testing out the free mar- the free agency. And yeah, great job but, by him, man. I'm happy but, for him. But this, good for him. this article is is basically trying to say that Dana and Lorenzo were cutthroat with fighters. They weren't no. being cutthroat with fighters. No. And that's, you know, when he's sitting there and he's saying, you know, I fucking love you, you what you're doing and stuff. Dude, that because he's winning. Yeah. He's getting he's getting the fighters. And that, that's that's what it's about. I, I just look at it and I go, this is not the way the headline makes you do, think. Do people, do you think the media believes that like NBA and NFL owners don't do this shit. <laughs> like, what do you guys think? You think you think that like they just sit back and go, you know what, buddy? Next time I'll get him. You get him. You get him this time. No, they're like, fuck no. These guys, yeah, no. they're in this. They didn't become multimillionaires. Some of them billionaires. No, they, Jerry Jones is the nicest negotiator there is. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, and it's, it's you can just see it. It's come on, guys. Like this is how this stuff is done. I mean, yeah. we could, I could sit here probably in a full two or three hour long show, tell you a lot of the, and I'm sure John could tell you even longer because he's been around since dirt, but it's, you can just, there's so many things to say about these contract deals from deals that we've had our managers. We've talked to managers. I've had myself in the dealings with dealing with our Joe Silva, whether it's Dana White, whether it's the Fertitas, whether it's, you know, anybody. There's just, there's so many different ways that they have done deals. It doesn't mean that they're cutthroat. It just means that this is how we run our business model. You like it. Great. If you don't, you don't have to fight here. That's the, that's that's the number one thing that I think people are forgetting. MMA fighters have made a choice to be MMA fighters. And it's a, and the business is not, it's not for everyone, you know, and fighters and for myself, John knows is I'm not for everyone, you know, and that's just the way this is. John's not for everyone. It's the way that we interact with people. Definitely yeah, not. That's just the way we interact with people. Sometimes we have lifelong friends and sometimes we don't. 
but guess what? I'm not meant for everyone and I don't want to be for everyone, you know? And so I just, I enjoy my lifestyle. And I think those people that do the business that they do, Dana, Lorenzo, NBA owners, you know, Jerry Jones, whatever it is, Mark Cuban, they do it because they're addicted to the hustle. They're addicted to knowing that I got this one over on you onto the next one. Now I won one more notch on my bedpost over you. That's what it is, man. It's they're addicted to the grind. So, all right. Hey guys, hopefully you guys enjoyed this two hour long show. Damn. It's we been dropped it. Yes, we did. It was fun. We had a great time, man. We had a great time. Yeah. Uh, like I said earlier, hit me up. If you guys have any questions about the CPI stem cells, um, let me know. Slide in my DMS at at the real punk. Okay. And, uh, I'll get back to you as best I can. And, uh, but if, before we guys go that, go to wayneandmerch.com, pick up some of our hoodies and stuff that is available. They are there at wayneandmerch.com. It is getting to be hat season, beanie season, not getting to be season. hat season. It is Christmas it's, time it's and you need to buy yes, some of this stuff for your loved ones because one, they're going to look fantastic at Christmas time wearing our merch. You mean, you mean, so we're, what you're saying is we should make one that says, who did you vote for? So you could have that conversation at your dinner table on Christmas Day. <laughs> so who are you voting for? Oh, good old Thanksgiving and Christmas conversation. Hey, guys, we want to thank you guys so much for continuing to support us. Make sure you guys head over to OnlyFans.com slash Wayne and subscribe to us over there. It is free. We're doing some live uh, shows over there during this Christmas time. We're going to try to drop at least one, maybe two if we can in the next uh, week and a half. And uh, hopefully you guys enjoy it, man. And uh, John, take us away, bud. Hey, for everyone out there, we hope you enjoyed the show. Like I said, Christmas time. Buy the merch. We will see you.